560 WQAM. What was that? I don't think I can drag it back in, so we're going to have to uh, skip the intro. Okay, skip it. Yeah. Wow, what a start. How's that studio coming, Joe? How's those phones coming, Joe? How's your big, fat, bloody ass coming, Joe, you idiot? Live in Chicago, Oprah. Good to see you, darling. How are you? It is so great to be here. You know, I I was worried I wasn't going to make it. Really? Yeah, I was pinned down by sniper fire. Okay. You know, you're not feminine enough. Well, that's very uh, possible. You also walk like a man. Well, you first started with testosterone, and then you made the decision to have your breasts removed. That's uh, that's obvious. Now let's get to the penis part. <laughs> Did you have like a penis implant? Yes. And I still have the scars. Do you, like, grow testicles, too? I have 2002. Wow. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Well, here we are. We had a rocky start again. How's that studio coming? It's coming along just great. Is it? Yeah. How, how come you got copies of uh, emails between me and Joe Bell on Friday? I guess as the producer of the show, I get CC'd every once in a while. Get out of here. Get CC'd. George never got CC'd on no emails between me and Joe Bell. What are you talking about? I'm just telling you, I got CC'd on it. I don't know why. CC'd. Yeah, CC Ryder. CC. Sounds to me real suspicious if you ask me. But just keep in mind, uh, and I hope Eric will change that poll sometime soon, sometime in my lifetime. I faxed him a new one this morning. Come on, Eric. Let's get with it. So speaking of that bit I just played, family axes wedding plans and Egyptian cuts off organ. Oh, no. Cairo, a 25-year-old Egyptian man, cut off his own penis to spite his family after he was refused permission to marry a girl from a lower-class family. After unsuccessfully petitioning his father for two years to marry the girl, the man heated up a knife and sliced off his reproductive organ, said a police official. The young man came from a prominent family in the southern Egyptian province of Kinar, one of Egypt's poorest and most conservative areas that's also home to the famed ancient Egyptian ruins of Luxor. Ever been to the Luxor in Vegas? Yes, I have. I don't like it. But you don't like anything. The man was rushed to the hospital, but doctors were unable to reattach the severed penis. The official added, citing the police report filed after the incident. The official who spoke on condition of anonymity because he wasn't authorized to speak with the press added the man was still recovering in hospital. I would think so. Wouldn't you think a lot of blood loss if you cut off your uh, thing? Yeah, I would think so. Traditionally, marriages in these conservative parts of southern Egypt are between similar social classes, often within the same extended families, and are rarely for love. It's another shot at love. I guess he won't have another shot at love. I don't think so. Do you think? No, it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it to me. I guess he... He screwed it all up. 25 years old, and he has no more shot at love. Well, we did our demographic survey again over the weekend. Uh, several conclusions we can come to. Okay. Uh, number one, we've got as many or more people listening than we had six years ago. The previous time that I could find that was 2003. And number two conclusion is that the audience has gotten much older. Now, the reason I can see that the audience has gotten much older is the fact that we can't play... Or say the stuff that we used to six years ago. Not even close. First, we had the Janet Jackson Tinkerbell uh, thing mm -hmm. at the Super Bowl. And that kind of put a chill on the whole radio business. And then we had Jolly Joe and Joyce come along. Although, don't blame them. 
for anything going on. The Dow's up 173 points. GM filed for bankruptcy this morning. It's official. And we got Soros, man. We got a general manager who belongs in a, in a rubber room somewhere. I still think he needs to be Baker-acted. I think he's dangerous to himself and the rest of the free world. You, you'd be the guy to do it. I should do it, make the call? Baker-act Joe Bell. Yeah, call up, uh, who, who do you call when you Baker-act somebody? I believe you call the uh, police department. Have him Baker-acted, have him put away. Lock him up. Well, you saw those emails, just busting my chops and busting my balls and busting my ass and busting and busting and busting and busting. There's some busting going on. Oh, yeah. And you know what? He can bite me is what he can do. He's about as compelling as a frog's fart. <laughs> All this song and a dance about, oh, no, it's easy to blame me and blame Joyce and blame the Beasleys, but you're the one. I have no control over the content of this show, and, and evidently he wants to make it even worse than that. Today he's going to call me after the show, he said, so we can start programming the material on the show. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what it sounds like to you? Because Jolly Joe, he knows compelling radio. I think you guys should have a uh, daily show meeting for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold your breath for that. Daily show meeting my ass. Anyway, General Motors filed for bankruptcy protection. Wait a minute. Look at that. Uh, there's only one choice on the poll there, Eric. <laughs> Which of these is the most compelling radio? And he's got Stormcat. That's the only choice. Eric, I think it's still a work in progress. Oh, there they are. Scared the hell out of me. Okay, let me give you the demographic uh, sun, uh, rundown. That's not going to be really compelling, though, I don't think, huh? Maybe. No, I don't think so. No. The, the biggest differential. Now, we actually had more teenage girls listening than we did six years ago. We had 12, and back then we only had nine. But teenage boys, we had only three this time as compared to 57 six years ago. Wow. You think maybe the content of the show might have something to do with that? Could be. All the rampant censorship that we uh, suffer? Male 35 to 54, we actually had over 100 more. We had 823. Back then, we had 721. The total tally in, 19, uh, in 2003, we had 1,418 people tally in, and this time 1,540, 122 more. Old, oh, my God, male 55 plus up to 394 was only 149 back then, more than twice as many men 55 plus. Old farts like me. And I could, re yeah, I could read all the numbers, but it's not compelling. No. Oh, I saw a movie over the weekend that I really enjoyed. Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. Did you ever see it? I have, yeah. And what did you think? Yeah, it was a good movie. It wasn't great. No. It wasn't one of my all-time favorites. It wasn't one that I'm going to do a poll about, but nevertheless, it was pretty entertaining. I don't want to talk too much about it because then I'll ruin the ending for you. Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. And you know who was in that movie? Who? The guy who played, I kept trying to think, who is this guy? Who is this character actor? He played the crooked senator from uh, Nevada in The Godfather. He was in on the whole conspiracy. He was one of the only, you know, much, much older, but I still recognized him. You know who I'm talking about? No, but I'm going to find out. Well, Michael told him, My offer is this. My offer is this. I can give you my answer now, Senator. The crooked Senator. Oh, the Italian people are a wonderful people. They never stole a freight train. You don't remember him? I do, but I don't remember his name. Oh, I, well, I had to look it up. I don't know his name either. Which of these is most compelling radio? That's our poll question, because jolly Joe Bell says we have to be compelling every minute, every second of every show. Every minute. 
Otherwise, people might tune out. You know, the interesting part of it is, over the years, one of the strongest suits I've had in the ratings is the length of listenership. If you go back and do the research, check it out. Skyrocketing, unbelievable length of listenership. But according to Jolly Joe, well, who knows? He talks a lot of crap. Isn't that what you said about his emails? There's a lot of crap. Huh? A lot of crap. A lot of crap. That's what even even your buddy Flea says. A lot of crap, Joe. Leave me alone. And if my phone rings at 2 o'clock after the show today, i got other stuff to do, like go to lunch. Dow's up 180 points. Isn't that good? And that passenger plane is still missing. That Air France jet with 228 people on it hit a bunch of turbulence, and uh, they haven't heard from it no more. Doesn't sound too promising, does it? Ever been on a plane when it had real, real, real bad turbulence and you felt like this was the end? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. One time landing in Amsterdam. Three approaches before we finally landed with Martin Scare. And there were people crossing themselves, people praying on the plane. You know, we, we you start to land and you get, oh, I don't know how close to the runway. And then all of a sudden, zoop, up you go again. And you're thinking, boy, this is not good. This is the end, my friend. Well, we got 18 votes on the new poll so far. Do you want to hear it? 23 votes on the new poll. Which of these is the most compelling radio? Neil Randing and Raving, 18. Drew Rosenhaus, 2. Mark the Jets fan, 2. Richie from Boarshead, 1. None for Ira Windbag or Stormcat. Now, if you could just, if you wanted to do a good job producing, if you get callers like, once we get the phone working, if it ever happens, callers like Stormy on there, we go zooming up there, then we'd be compelling. Mm hmm. And the actor that you're talking about is G.D. Spravling. I'll be damned. See, nobody knows who that is. No, but he's been in a lot of good movies. But he was the crooked senator from Nevada in Godfather. As soon as you say that, everybody right away knows who it is. And that's been so many years, even though, you know, I've seen the movie 4,000 times in between. But so many years since that came out, 37 years ago, 1972. And now he shows up in Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. Really amazing how Johnny Depp turned into quite like an acrobat and all, did all sorts of amazing things in that movie. Yeah, it's hard Just to believe. Ordinary, ordinary guys from off the street. They wind up in these situations, you know, and all of a sudden they do these phenomenal things. And, and that movie's 14 years old. What, Nick of Time? Yep. Well, maybe somebody else out there has seen it. Guess what other movie was on again last night? And I watched it again, and nobody in this audience has seen it. Um, the Neighbor with Rod Serling. Yeah. I, just, I can't stop watching it. Have you ever had a movie like that that... You know, and movies are like an hour and a half, two hours long. So it's not like you're watching a commercial over again because you liked it so much. You're watching a whole movie again. Mm -hmm. I just saw it a few days ago. You still haven't seen it, though, right? No, not yet. The Neighbor with Rod Serling. It's a must-see. It's good. Really good. He's so good, it's scary to me. He delivers every line with a certain distinctive something, Rod Serling. Even like one word, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> He's still dead, though, right, Rod Serling? I think so. Didn't we figure that out on Friday? Yeah. It wasn't real compelling, though. And, and one thing I'm not going to do anymore, I've decided, because it is not compelling, is those stupid obituaries. If my friend Boz Florida is listening, thanks for all the obits, but I don't think the audience wants to hear about dead people, unless it's somebody really, really famous, you know? Right. Like that guy from Godfather you were just talking about. That nobody ever heard of? No. No, don't you don't you agree? Yeah, I would say that most people don't care about the average person dying. And especially people that even we never heard of. Right. I mean, you know, there's people dying every day. It's going around. So I think uh I think I would agree with I mean not that Jolly Joe has given me any specifics because that would require, you know, 
a little bit too much effort, I guess. 41 votes on the poll so far. Which of these is the most compelling radio? Neil Randing and Raving, 34. Drew Rosenhaus, 2. Mark the Jets fan, 2. Ira Windbag's got a vote. Richie from Boarshead, 1. And the Storm, Stormy got 1. 1 for Stormcat out of the first 41 votes. I know, personally, I like hearing about how Drew's doing with the ladies. Mm -hmm. Don't you? Aren't you concerned about how Drew Rosenhaus is doing with the ladies? No, not really. I couldn't care less. That, that to me, is about as compelling as an elephant's fart. As a messy Joyce bowel movement. A messy Joyce Joyce. That's how compelling it is to me. <laughs> yeah. So we've lost the younger edge of the demographic in the last six years because, uh, you know, because Neil's just old and fuddy-duddy and not compelling. You know that scene that you saw Requiem for a Dream, right? Yes. That scene where they're uh, showing Tabby Tibbins or whatever his name is, the TV show that she's obsessed with, mm -hmm. and the audience is going, be excited, be, be excited. I'm thinking we ought to have uh, Chicken Neck do a thing where, he, uh, be compelling, be, be compelling. <laughs> Don't you think that would be good? That would be good. We could cheer compelling. along And the it. only people I remember using the word about compelling radio was Mr. Radio and some of the other chronics on there, like Steve Rondonero and... Greg Budell and whoever else, compelling. It's really compelling radio. Yeah, so I think your buddy is uh, is some of the chronic emailers. I really do. Over-involved in this show. Get out of the show, Joe, and it'll be much more compelling with you out of it. Keep your fat ass out of this show. Oh, no, we got a new system and we got to learn to play the game. Yeah, we got that new panel. You know, the interesting thing is that when you got none of your listeners is in, in, in part of the ratings panel... No matter how compelling you are, if you're the most compelling show in the history of the business, uh, if the people aren't in there, they're not going to uh, put you down. They're not going to, like, be listening to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. It's pretty common sense. Right. 1013 at 560 WQM. Happy Monday. It's El Primero de Junio. in a long time. Get your hands off. Can't you see I'm doing a spot here? I'm for as little as $15 a month. Hey, lady, excuse me, but I gotta hoist these rush food supplies into the ship cargo hold. You touch that pallet and you're dead meat, dog breath. This has been a public service announcement for Sally Struthers, Save the Children. 1018 at 560, WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Somebody, uh, the fake Tom Jick has got a good point. In fact, I was going to put this person on there, and I forgot. Thanks, Tom. You forgot Jerk Jerk Street on the poll. Oh, yeah. Better I'll... add him on there right away. He's pretty compelling, Jerk Jerk it. Street. I mean, the sports nerds on this station have got him on, like, what, every five minutes? In, behind, in, in between uh, Drew Rosenhaus and how he's doing with the ladies. Baron Fitz sends an email. We would take a whole bunch of calls today. Uh, Flea and I would love to take calls, but we can't do it. Phone system is still broken down. I don't understand what the big rush is to get your studio. Well, well yeah, yeah, you don't understand anything, you fat-ass fool, you. Fat-ass fool. How is it that you're so tight with this clown? I tell you, he's always been cool to me. What can I say? Well, see, if he takes a liking to you, then I guess you're okay. But if he takes a disliking to you from the beginning, like with Hank, mm -hmm. oh, was there a hatred involved there? I mean, just a great hate. 
and he hates me like poison. So he's going to do everything in his power to make my life miserable and give me a song to dance. And one week he's telling me about, oh, well, the newer rating system doesn't, it, it's a joke and nobody believes it. And then uh, the next, uh, as you saw on Friday, well, we have to learn to live with this and learn to play the game and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not going to sit back and watch the place tank. Oh, tanks a lot. How'd that Kenny and Blow morning show work out? Huh? That worked out really well. And what about jerks? And what about nighttime where we got oh. shares? He seems to enjoy those shares. I begin with a. Oh! Baron Fitz says, how annoyingly good are the Detroit Red Wings? Well, you talk about something not compelling with the South Florida audience. Uh, hockey. They couldn't care less. Much like the Patriots in football, it's amazing and at the same time maddening how good they always are. Growing up a 49ers fan in the 80s, I've been on the fun side of rooting for a dominant team, he says. But crap, it gets old watching these great teams constantly kick every other team's ass over and over again. There you go, Uncle Neil. The first and last time I'll contribute sports nerdiness to your show. How's that for compelling, Joe Bell? I know how much you love that, so you're welcome. Now, we don't love hockey. No. I do, but, I mean, they don't. They don't. They don't talk about it, and that's a good thing because nobody in South Florida gives a flying crap. They don't They don't care. Do you care about hockey? I enjoy hockey. Oh, you're a hockey fan. I forgot. Yeah. I'd rather go, though, than listen to it on the radio. How about watching it on, on TV? Eh. Hockey's more no. of a you got to be there kind of sport for me. Keep working hard and getting in the net and getting your breaks. I thought we got a good break when Abby scored tonight. Uh, got to go out there and work real hard and uh, you know uh, tough it out. They should take it one game at a time. Yeah. All the all the sports cliches all the time. Well, if we didn't have a whole bunch of sports cliches, we couldn't have all these sports stations on radio and TV. Dow's up almost 200 points. Pretty damn exciting. Be excited. Be, be excited. Are we compelling yet or what? Not yet, but I think we're moving that way. We're moving in that direction? Good. G.D. Spradlin played Senator Geary, says Scott. Yeah, we know that. Also great is the uh, Tom Landry clone in North Dallas 40. You forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. And Tom says, I remember the senator being in one-on-one -on -one with Robbie Benson. He was his coach. Remember the coach? That is the true. The hard-ass coach? Yep. And at the end of the movie, Robbie Benson told him, stick it up there with, uh, with a red-hot poker or something like that. Yeah, all bloodied and black-eyed. and. Oh, boy. Robbie Benson. Problem with Robbie is he got to be 15. He still looked like he was 15. That was his problem. He just, And he also had a heart attack. He did? Yep. And also his uh, grandfather was the first rabbi in the state of Texas. Hmm. See how much you're learning already, how compelling this show is? My God, such incredibly useless uh, information. Very informative. Well, I'm a big Robbie Benson fan. Hey, yeah. Robbie. Huh? I like that movie a lot. What, one-on-one? -on -one? I did when I was a kid, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Sounds really kind of gay to me. I don't know. That's why I liked it. And Carl sends me a picture of Vic and Irv's in Rochester. Is this the place you talked about on your show in Rochester? He asked. Well, of course. Was it was it Seabreeze and passed by? Had to stop. Says Carl. Well, I, I was a, a Don and Bob's fan myself. Vic and Irv, Don and Bob's. They tried Vic and Irv in Fort Lauderdale there for a little while and went over like hot tamales in Siberia. Didn't didn't uh, fly. They went under. But if it's good enough for General Motors to go bankrupt, I guess it was good enough for Vic and Irv too, right? That's pretty compelling when GM. Declares bankruptcy, and the federal government is uh, running the running the ship. All my life, I, I've had almost all GM cars. What about you? Yeah, I had a couple of Camaros. Yeah, we we went through that. I had mm -hmm. a '67 and a '70. 
Camaro. Ground round steaks and frozen custard. Oh, God. Chocolate almond fudge, frozen custard at Don and Bob's in Rochester. There was nothing like it in the world. Never has been, never will be. Don and Bob's. Boy, if I knew when I was young how good Don and Bob's really was, I'd weigh like 500 pounds. I'd be, I'd be in a box. I went to a course, great place on Saturday in Aventura. Next time you're in town, you got to try it. It's called Bourbon Steak. Yeah. It was great. One of the side dishes that they had, caramelized onions, goat cheese, potatoes. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. Oh, let me tell you. It was good. It's in the hotel over there at the uh, Turnberry Resort, the uh, Fairmont. Oh. Awesome. You get a freebie or something or what? No, I'm just saying it was, that, it was that good that you should try it. Do you get a freebie or what? No, I paid full, you know, full board. Good for you. Yeah. And that's, well, that's not so good. Not with the kind of money you're making doing this show. No. Did we add uh, Jerk Jerk Street on there? Yeah, he's on there. He doesn't have any votes yet, though. Well, he's not that compelling, I guess. I don't know. 88 votes already on the new poll. Which of these is most compelling radio? Neil Randing and Raving, 74 out of 88. Ira Windbag, 4. Drew Rosenhaus, 3. Mark the Jets fan, 3. Richie from Boarshead, 2. Stormcat. Stormy's got a pair. And Jerk Jerk Street don't have any out of 88. This is an email that came in yesterday afternoon from some sad, tragic, pimply-faced shut-in, as George liked to call him. How's George doing, by the way? Haven't talked to him. Waiting for our George update on the emails. I got that text from him on Friday, which sounded good. He's not mad at me. That was just an ugly rumor. They always try to stir up crap across the street. Stir up a bunch of crap. Didn't work. He's not mad at me. And number two, he's doing okay. And he's enjoying his uh, little respite. JT says, well, Neil, it's very obvious that the powers at WQM finally read you the riot act about your left-wing fanatical bullcrap that you were spewing out on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, they read me the riot act. <laughs> we have a lot of conversations about politics. Not. You finally got back to being a fat, funny fag. Well, I like it that way. Yeah, Jay obviously is a, is a right-wing Nazi. I love these people who think, oh, they're going to send me an email. I'm going to stop talking about, uh, you know, left wing. First of all, there's nothing to talk about politics because unless we want to talk about Son Sonia Sotomayor um, or whatever her name is, uh, there's, there's nothing going on. I mean, you know, you've got uh, your president who, quite frankly, I'm a little bit disappointed in in many aspects. But nevertheless, I like him a lot personally. But as far as uh, presidential, I don't know. There's some things that. Seem to be a continuation of the last eight years, which isn't a pretty picture if you get my drift. But the election is over, JT, whoever the hell you are. The election's over. Nobody read me any riot act, not about that. Although, starting at two today, I might start getting some show information, some show instruction from your buddy. And I'm sure he'll uh, carbon, he'll copy you on whatever we uh, discussion is. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Was it just me or did that thing fade a little bit toward the ass end? You like the bone, but there's no smoke. It's time for your first hope. You're upset, no wake and bake. No buds exist, not even shake. You can't feel, you have to leave. You go out to find weed. Your money's tight, you can't see another way to fill your need. Oh, you try to think of who could score you some, but oh yeah, 
addicted to Bud. Might as well face it, sure addicted to Bud. Might as well face it, sure addicted to Bud. Might as well face it, sure addicted to Bud. Might as well face it, sure. And of course, I'm sure that's Buddy Bud Paxson they're talking about, right? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, even as much of a goofball and a BS artist as he was, he was heads and shoulders above uh, some others I can think of. Not that I want to mention any names, you do understand. That would not be very compelling. No. But who? Mary Lou said, listen, you're a Yenta, man. One thing I'm discovering about you, when I got that text from you this morning about how you saw all the email exchange on Friday between me and fat-ass Jolly Joe, Uh I I almost fell off the chair here. What business have you got reading confidential, personal, private, hostile emails between me and fat-ass bloody Jolly Joe? That's not a question for me, I guess. No, it's a question for him. Why is he sharing that with you? What did he do, put it out in the newspaper? (laughs) No. Put out a press release for crying out loud. I got some very, very, very good news, by the way, just moments ago. Change my whole... I might be compelling today, the rest of the show, because I got some very, very sensational news. All right. Also, my cell phone might be ringing once or twice today. Got some business going on this week. Mary Lou says, I read the Larry King book this weekend. I got it from the library, so he didn't get any money from me. Good. Good thinking, Mary Lou. He is such a putz. That is correct. And a liar and a BS artist and a con man. There was a brief chapter of his arrest, but he didn't mention anything about owing bets at the track. Let me say it again for those who may have missed it the first 4,000 times over the years. At either Gulfstream, I think it was Gulfstream or Calder, but I'm pretty sure Gulfstream. They had a drawer. They used to call the Larry King drawer that had all the bad checks that he passed there that he cashed at the track back in the day. And then I told a story a long, long time ago, which I just remember little bits and pieces of, how one of his favorite tricks would be to go to the teller, and, uh, oh, give me $100 to win on number nine, you know. And, and then, oh, gee, I left my money at the table. I'll be right back. And he, he would stiff the teller. Because, you know, at the end of the day, at the racetrack, the teller has to, uh, like, like in a bank, you know how a teller in a bank has to, at the end of the day, balance everything out? Oh, yeah. Well, the teller at the track has to do the same thing. The amount of cash they've got has to balance out with how many, whatever the bets were that shows on the machine. So he was stiff, the teller. <laughs> yeah, he'd go back to the table and would never return. Then when he wanted to make his next bet, he'd go like to a, you know, a different teller or like on a different floor. That's Larry for you, a real uh-huh. con man. And look where he is there, multi-millions he's making, millions and millions and millions. And I, I could be wrong, but I don't think he's really compelling, you know? No. Once in a while, he does have some interesting people on there, which I'll, I'll channel surf if I think of it and see if he's got anybody on there I want to see. I sure as hell don't want to see him with those suspenders and that smelly bag. 115 votes on the poll. Which of these is the most compelling radio? Jerk, jerk streak got a vote. All right. Neil ranting and raving 100. And, of course, you know what Joe would say. Well, that's your audience, Neil. They're just kissing your ass. They're kissing up to you. Yeah, that's right. Ira Windbag, 4. Drew Rosenhaus, 3. Mark the Jets fan, 3. Richie from Boarshead, 2. Stormcat, 2. One of the worst callers in the history of talk radio. And Jerk Jerk Street, one. Solamente uno. Why are people sending me these stories about the abortion doctor that was killed and all? I mean, isn't that in the news? Doesn't everybody know about that? You know about it, right? Yeah. And I know about it. It's not really compelling. That plane, by the way, is still um, unaccounted for. Hmm. 
sent out an emergency signal. Air France had 238 people on board, ran into some really, really bad turbulence. I guess like a big electrical storm or something, thunder and lightning and all of these things. Anyway, we were talking about GM and the fact that almost all my cars in my lifetime, I had one Ford T-Bird. Anyway, it was a good-looking car. Yeah, those are nice. But it, I didn't like it. But all my other cars my whole life, I don't think I've ever bought for myself any car that wasn't a GM car. No, I don't think I've owned any Fords. I had uh, two Camaros and I had a, a GM Blazer, Chevy Blazer. Yeah, how was that? That was a great car. That thing ran forever. My first car was a Chevy Corvair, a little blue Corvair, oh, 1960. Yeah. I put 150,000 miles on it, and, and, and it didn't have problems. The fan belts were notorious for breaking for whatever reason. You know, this thing about plant obsolescence and the way they used to make cars is to make sure that there were a lot of parts that would keep falling apart, That you know, so you'd have to replace them. You know what I'm saying? Plant obsolescence. Yep. I don't think so much in recent years. Like, I, I have very, very few problems with my Corvettes including the 2004 blue one that I'm driving here now. God, I love that car. It's like a fast Cadillac. You know what it is to have that power under your foot? No. When you need to pass some silly-ass Chinaman on the Gardner Expressway who's going about 20 miles an hour? It's nice to have that power under your foot. I'd like to take that foot and stick it Rectum. in a certain spot, but I'm not going to do that. I'd have to come down there to do that. Got some really good personal news on the... Uh, Email moments ago. Yeah, are you going to share or no? No. Okay. Terry says, I think Joe Bell's suggestions for your show would prove invaluable. I would listen to them carefully, write them all down, and do the exact opposite of what he says. <laughs> Remember what George always said about WQM programming. <laughs> oh, a compelling sneeze. Oh, my God. I enjoy sneezing on here. I don't know why. I, I don't know what it really sounds like. You know what I mean? Because most people, they'll use the cough button or whatever. That, that's pansy stuff. Mm -hmm. I already got a bad pansy reputation as it is. I don't need to be chopping off the mic when I'm coughing or sneezing. Take her park out there in L.A. says, good morning, Neil, or wherever she is. Yeah, she's in L.A. I really enjoyed your demographic poll on Friday over the weekend and the resulting emails. 32-year-old female in L.A. I've been a dedicated listener for the past two and a half years after a worker originally from Miami introduced me to your show. I'll be a 33-year-old female in November, so at least I get to keep my demographic group. Have a good week. You too, Taker. P.S. Jolly Joe Bell is a douchebox. <laughs> yeah, we can say that. That's a new until one. Until Joyce says otherwise. Oh, don't blame Joe and don't blame Joyce and don't blame the Beasleys, Neil. Yeah, right. I I'm the one that decided we can't say anything. We, you know, like that list of words you were talking about last week. Mm -hmm. Juvenile, pathetic. I've got a bit that would just—I I can't do it to you because it would put you on the spot. Okay. Bodily function song. I mean, there are so many burps and farts and stuff in there. It just—it oh, would no. just blow us right off. What? I'd be so offended. Would you be offended? No. So fired, I'll tell you that. I'm sorry, farts are funny. Farts are funny? Well, tell that to Joyce. Joyce doesn't fart. Joyce is a real classy lady. Well, you met her. Yeah. You had your big meeting with her, and what was your take? She was really nice to me. She was nice to me on the phone, too. Yeah. Well, we can't discuss that. No. Stephen Coconut Creek says, Who produced those spots with a dreary solo piano background music? Truly awful. Not compelling. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word of the day. Compelling. Oh, yeah.
second off. This is Joe Bow on the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil Gott. Hello. Hello. I was calling about the wabbits you have for sale in the paper. Okay. What kind of wabbits are they? Okay, I have some uh, lots. Yeah. And I have some lots, some spotted lots, and some solid colored lots. Oh, wonderful. And I have a, a straight-eared doe, and I have two dwarfs. A widow dwarf? They're small rabbits. Oh, okay. Uh, we have a farm, uh-huh. and we like to play with the wabbits on a farm. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have any, uh, like, little wabbit handcuffs? Any what? Little handcuffs for the wabbit. Handcuffs? Yes. I'm sorry, I never heard of them. What, uh... Well, you, we, we use them when we hunt them on the farm. We like to hunt the wabbits. And we take them and nail them to a tree by their ears and then skin them alive. Uh... They're what? Hello? No, I, I, if that's what you're going to do with these rabbits, sir, I couldn't say you're a rabbit. Well, we, we have a little game we play called All Wabbits Must Die. No, sir, no, sir, no, sir. Uh, I wouldn't say you're a rabbit uh, for $50. I like to hunt the wabbit. Well, that's okay. You, you go out in the wild and you hunt rabbits, but these aren't for kill. I like to put them in a little pen and then hunt them down unmercifully. No, sir, I'm sorry. Couldn't say you're a rabbit. Sometimes we even spear them through the head with a rusty water. <laughs> in my home, in my bedroom where my wife sleeps, where my children come and play with their toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. That's the end of the clip. Yeah. There's a long trail on that for, for some reason. I guess I put it in badly. It's 1046 at 560 WQM on the Compelling Neil Rogers Show. What do we got the rest of the day? It's going to be really compelling. We got the big O. Oh. He's pretty compelling. Two to four. Well, Mad Dog, four to seven. And then we got Dolphin and I, seven to eight. And on a scale of minus infinity, not compelling. Hmm. And then eight to 11, we got the DA show with his oh. share. Jose has a, a poll suggestion, but I think it's kind of a moot point. What will George be doing now that WQAM gave him the boot? I think looking for another job is probably the only choice needs to be on there. Yeah. Speaking of only one choice on the poll, and I have done some of those over the years. Like, I could do one of those for tomorrow. Like, who's the biggest jackass of them all? And just put fat-ass Jolly Joe on there, and that'd be the only choice. That was up 190 points. But that would be bad. But it was kind of amusing to look over there and see that there was only, only Stormcat was on there when the poll first came up, the new one. Here's one that says the good news you received must be about George. Or maybe Joyce and Joe were heading to France <laughs> and suspiciously having be a, uh, the turbulence is a real bitch. Yeah, it really is sometime. One time flying to Atlanta. Oh, my God. They got in the summertime some brutal thunderstorms in Atlanta. And I had to make a connection there. Oh, brother. Don't fly to Atlanta unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, Horrible. That, that lightning gets real bad in Atlanta. Really, really bad. And this particular flight, it was really, it was compelling. Almost compelled me to drop a big load in my pantaloons, but not. Oh, here's one from the fake Joey. Go away, Joey. Drop dead. All these fake this one and that one. Go away. You're not compelling. You're boring. Joey Reynolds, he was boring on the air and he's boring on the emails, too. Boring. Terminal. Coma-inducing. 
158 votes on the poll. Mark the Jets fan is in second place with only five votes. And Jerk Jerk Street is last. He's got Solamente Uno. Not compelling. Jerk Jerk Street. Oh, here's one we ought to add on. Oh, here's three we need to add on there. Thank you, Boz. Boz quit with the obituaries because he realizes it's not compelling. Mm -hmm. And so we added three more for the poll. Let me guess. Jamaican Paul? No. Mm. How about uh, John from Pahokee? No. Dang. I'm out. Beano Cook. Is he still alive? Yeah. Beano Cook. You putting these on there or what? Yeah, I'm going to. Fantasy Sports and... Boz says, my favorite, the NFL draft. Okay, I'll add him. Going to add him? You getting any more uh, intercepted emails from Jolly Joe? No, nothing today. No. Well, that's because there haven't been any today. But if you want, I'll send him some caustic stuff, and then you can read it. You, you, you still don't understand why I find that very peculiar that he's sharing with you an email conversation that went back and forth on Friday for some hours, as a matter of fact. You don't find that a little strange? Yeah, a little bit. I find it uh, unacceptable. And by the way, in the midst of all those emails, guess who I called to inform him that somebody was like uh, starting to interfere in the show even more than usual? Norma. Right, Norma. And Norma's going to write a letter. And Norma hasn't written any letter. Norma hasn't done squat. Well, maybe he's squatting. I don't know. He's going to write a letter. On a, probably on official uh, Kenton Cormacan letterhead, no lie. Or, or maybe on the old uh, 1400 FTL letterhead, the light bulb. He hasn't done squat, and so I think he's being fully compensated. Blackie says, here's some compelling news. I was in New York this weekend running the Brooklyn Half Marathon. I was in a diner Sunday in Manhattan, and I saw Abe Vagoda. I was talking to the cashier and walked up to pay his bill. Oh, he walked up, Abe. I recognized him right away. I said to him, I just watched The Godfather recently. He looked at me and smiled and said, thank you. <laughs> Abe Vigoda. Boy, he had the wicked argument over and over again with George about who said, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Now, even you know that was, Clem that was uh, not Clemenza. It was uh, Clemenza. Luca okay. Brasi sleeps with the fishes. And he kept insisting it was um, Abe Vigoda. Well, I could tell by That's the voice you. it's not... Yes, it's uh, Clemenza. Luca yeah. Brasi sleeps with the fishes. Yeah, he had a very distinctive voice. I mean, they sounded similar, but that was definitely not Tessio. He was awesome on uh, Bonnie Miller as fish. Well, I'll take your word for it. I didn't watch that show. Really? Anyway, uh, Abe paid his bill, walked out with a woman. I'm guessing it was his wife. He looked okay, but was walking with a cane. Oh, boy. He was walking with a cane. Oh, the phone's going to ring. Oh, you take it for a second. intermission music I think but I only give him 35 seconds and then he's got to come back which maybe he will or, or won't okay wow okay sorry about that but that happens now and then on the show. That's, uh, you know, not compelling, but it's just one of those things. It's part of life. Blackie says, have a compelling show today. 
Abe Vigoda is walking with a cane. It's one thing I don't have a walker yet or a cane or an ugly stick or any of those things. Well, Abe is 88 years old. Is he really? Yep. 88, that's great. How could you not love him? Now, let's see, I got, I got some Tessio in here. For example... Tom, can you get me off the hook? For old time's sake. Can't do it, Sally. Can't do it, Sally. Don't call me Sally. Jesus. Tell Mike it was only business. I always liked him. <laughs> I always liked him, but uh, a bing, you know, I was trying to get him killed. Dorothy from Miramar says, I'm a 53-year-old female. I've been listening since Stan Major was on the air. Seems like yesterday. I guess that was around 1975 or 6. No, I sure don't think so. More like 1980, I would think. I've been enjoying the show nearly every day since then. If I move, I'll take you with me on the Internet. Okay, Neil, just one of your uncounted listeners checking in. Dorothy from Miramar. Well, thanks, Dorothy. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that phone call, by the way. It was not compelling. It's okay. I mean, it could have not answered it and let it go to voicemail, and she could have left a message, but then she'd probably call me back in a half an hour, and it'd be, the phone would be ringing and ringing and ringing. I said, hey, I'm doing a radio show, bitch. Oh, I mean... Oh, J.D. says, Roger Daltrey is the man. He still has his chops. <laughs> okay. That's what J.D. says. Steve Tyler, yes, I'm in agreement with you, but he's gotten too commercial for my taste. Oh... Oh, I get so upset when people start that crap. Oh, they're too commercial now, you know? Yeah, way too many hits now. Yeah. Why not the best guitar player past and present, for an example, it says. Hmm. Done, been there, done that. Neil, you're too good for your market. You have mass appeal with a gay and straight audience, and satellite is where you belong. And get your cojones back. Can't get them back once they slice them off. Hang in there. Sorry for that pun, says J.D. You you uh, see a pun in there somewhere? Hang in there. Yeah. Hung in there? Mm hmm Oh, I'm being hung all right. Make no mistake about it. I just got too many things going on. I can't I don't have time to talk to Jolly Joe. I don't blame you. Oh, here's one that says the streaming is down both on WQM and your page. Hmm. Well, I really doubt it because wouldn't you think other people would say the streaming is down? It was working fine this morning. And Brandon, who listens online, has sent me two emails, so I don't think that the uh, streaming is down. John in Lake Worth says, hope you're gearing up for that grueling summer schedule of yours. I'll try to give the show a chance in your absence, but just in case, I have a fully stocked iPod. I've never had you choose one of my polls, so here goes. What's your favorite listener phrase? My two favorites at the moment are douche nozzle and ass pipe. I don't recall ass pipe, do you? No, I think it's ass clown. Oh, ass clown. And, of course, we could have Joe Bell's name replaced with the winner. Hope you're enjoying the warmer weather up there. Say hi to George, John in Lake Worth. Hi, George. No, there is no warmer weather here. It's been not not great, not summer-like at all. Like an extension. In fact, I'm looking outside. It's cloudy. It's murky. It's not so great. Yeah, it's been raining here for like two weeks straight. Yeah, I hear that. 14, 15 days in a row. Well, the Lord is pissed off, but the Dow is up damn near 200 points. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Actor Daniel Radcliffe, who plays Harry Potter on the big screen, will make his Broadway debut. He received a lot of attention for appearing naked on stage. I'm Harry, Harry Potter. I've never talked to a snake before. I want you to mount it. 
and grip it tight. What if I make a fool of myself? Harry Potter is Harry Potter. You're Harry Potter. With the dinky little penis. Dude, put that thing away. They're like children here. Well, I just hope you realize how fortunate you are. Did you have like a penis implant or you did something else? Well, don't forget to zip up your fly. If you don't zip up your fly, a seagull will get you. That was bloody brilliant. You're a wizard, Harry. Looks like a Smurf penis. Boy, it's uh, just obsessive. It's 11 o'clock at 560 WQM, the uh, compelling Neil Rogers show. I almost forgot the word. Yeah. That would be bad. I got a couple of uh, Stephen Coconut Creek says streaming is working perfectly today, and Sam in Boston said the guy who said streaming wasn't functional is full of joys. It's working fine. PSM says Ava Goda is great. He was the only reason to watch the Barney Miller show. I didn't. I never watched that show. Wasn't the guy with a mustache on that show? What the hell's his name? Uh, yeah. God, what is his name? Who's like kind of an old-time singer to a crooner. Thinks he's a singer. Come on. It's your show. Yeah, but this was a long, long time ago. Barney Miller? Hal Linden. Hal Linden. Yeah, you Google it. That was the big stall routine. The Dow's up 205 points, and they got Richard Quest on there. There is absolutely no question. No question. This plane, bearing in mind the data, Tony, of what we know of where the plane was, where it was last recorded on radar off the coast of Brazil, the direction it... How, how can he be on the air? I mean, seriously, how, how can they put him on the air, CNN? I don't know. I mean, they got a lot of crap on the air. They got Ricky Sanchez on there, but Richard Quest... Water. Uh, With his donkey teeth? Oh, my God. He's got to have at least 400 teeth. The time that we know about it, it was at 35,000 feet, uh, trying for over uh, nearly four, 500 knots. So the answer to your question is that this has been a catastrophe, and the plane has basically left the sky. All right, so let's take... It's left the sky. You know what that means, don't you? Yeah. El yeah. Crasho left the sky. Not good. What an interesting choice of words. It's basically left the sky... Got a whole bunch of stuff from Friday that I never got to, which is good because we don't have a whole bunch of stuff from today. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Carryovers from our demographic survey. Andres, a.k.a. Dre, says, I'm a Hispanic male, 29 years old, been listening since 23. I'm about 30, man, won't stop listening. These communists are just destroying your show, Neil. It's incredible. It's. Incredible. George is gone, and you can bet money Joyce Bitch put out a hit on you and the show. Guess who's the hitman? Jolly Joe Bell. Ho, 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 it says. It's sad watching this unfold over the last year. It's crazy. Sue that salty cracker from North Carolina. Nothing could be finer than to send him back to North Carolina. Adam Oshmuck over in Kitchener-Waterloo, who uh, used to be in Fort Lauderdale, he's 21, been listening since he was 10. Since he was 10. Hmm. And he's still hanging in there with us through all the crap, through all the garbage. Doug says, I'm a 52-year-old goy from Jupiter who's been listening since 93 during the QM days. During the QAM days. I think he means during the IOD days. See how these people get it all confused? Met you once at an appearance at a Broward Mall. Forget the name. Fat Rich was there with George at a Broward Mall. Maybe the Sawgrass. Could be. Probably. We used to go uh, Books a Million, whatever the hell that place is called, in the Sawgrass. I think that's it. Is it? How do you know? I've been to the Sawgrass. Took your advice, went to Vegas 97, had a blast. Also lived in Italy my junior year in high school. Best food, nicest people. 
If you ever leave the airways, that'll be the end of South Florida Radio forever. Well, you better tell Jolly Joe that because he's trying to badly push me out, man. When in doubt, push him out. Wouldn't you? Uh, wouldn't you agree with that? Uh, maybe. Even you said about those emails from Friday. You said, "Boy, he's sure effing with you." Is that what you said? It seems like he takes a jab every once in a while. Takes a jab. Like like two weeks ago, he didn't believe the, this new rating system, and nobody else does either, and they're getting sued all over the place. And now all of a sudden, well, you know, I didn't say I believed them, but we got to learn to play their game. Blah, 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 yeah. yeah, if we can just get Stormy on. Of course, if we ever get the phones working, that would be, you know, a step in the right direction. We don't have our studio. The phones don't work. But other than that, the company's doing a phenomenal job for the Neil Rogers Show. Make all no right. mistake about it. Yeah. Don't blame the Beasleys, and don't blame me, and don't blame Joyce, and don't blame... Yeah. Jackie says, 47-year-old female, been listening since W-I-O-D. Miss you, George, but Flea is doing a good job. Yeah, you haven't encountered, like, a, a stream of negativity yet, of hostility yet. Not yet. That's coming. That's coming maybe in the summertime, when you're going to be doing lots and lots of shows, you know? Because I'm not working extra during the summertime, no matter what kind of uh, BS. No. And then this crap that, maybe you read the one email about how if I were you, I'd feel really... I'd feel, feel terrible about being beaten by syndicated shows and automated uh, stations and stuff like that. Yeah, if I believed it. I did see that. Huh? I did see that. Are, are you crushed? Well, you're not a long-time right. hotshot celebrity like I've been. But if I were you, I'd feel really... Well, I don't, because I don't believe it, and nobody else does either. Schmuck. He's telling me how to feel, how to be compelling, what to do, how to do the show... Whose fault it is, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. And he's not going to sit back and watch the station tank, even though we've got a oh. share at night. How come nobody sends me the 7 to midnight from the new uh, rating? Oh, there's not much to see. Well, what, what do we got? I don't know. I'd have to look, but it's about a zero point something. Well, that's what we got, so. Zero point what? Have you got it there somewhere? No. I don't know. No. And, of course, Clarence, he's on his honeymoon. Now, what did Joe say this morning about how he was screwing his brains out or something like that? Something. You know, Joe takes this morbid obsession with everybody else's sex life. That's the thing that I find very, very disconcerting. It's a little creepy. It, it is creepy. That's right. And how come it takes three people to do that show and only two people to do this one? Have you stopped to figure that out yet? It used to take four. To do the morning show. Right. Who was the other one? Jesse Agler. Oh, Jesse Agler, he got screwed. He got screwed over once they found out he was Jewish. Bye-bye. Roberts is a 42-year-old male and tried to listen every day at work over the Internet. So I've been listening pretty regular since I graduated college and entered the workforce back in 95. You are the best and make me crack up. Can't believe those idiots over there are trying to ruin the show. Complete the information. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> I got three different things going on here today. One of them is the radio show. Now, if I'm going to be really compelling, I have to pay 100% attention, like when the phone rang before, but I just can't do it. I got important stuff to worry about. You are the best to make me crack up. Can't believe those idiots over there are trying to ruin the show. Do they even know what they're doing? How can they play Marlins and Hurricanes baseball games instead of your show? No, they don't play Marlins no more. We ain't got the Marlins. Nope. That That... That distinct pleasure goes to the losers across the street. They got the Marlins. What a bunch of schmucks. No good business sense. Keep up the great show. Hopefully it'll last a while longer so it can make my days at work more enjoyable. Thanks, Robert. 
Here's one from the fake Julio Robaina. Hi, Neil, and hi, Flea, the backstabbing traitor. See, there's one calling you a backstabber. You're there a traitor. All right. I always, I always thought it would have been Clemenza. No, Tessio, it's the smart move. Tessio was this, always the smarter one. See, everything in life comes back to lines from The Godfather. I, I just, I'm obsessed. Although I'm going to start doing lines from The Neighbor. Because I'm watching that over and over and over again. Such a good flick. Not only has nobody in the audience seen The Neighbor with Rod Steiger, nobody saw Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. Or at least if they did, they got no opinion on it. I mean, it was pretty ridiculous, but then again, uh, that kind of a movie is going to be ridiculous. Right? Yeah. Anyway, Julio says, I'm 29 years old. Phil Ark is 29. Morning Train is 29. And a couple of others, 29 also. So if you average all of us out, you got three or four 29-year-olds, which would bring your demographic number down a bit. Uh, yeah, the, the, the demos, the age went way up, but it certainly isn't a male 64, the average listener. No. How can it be when we've got the overwhelming number was male 35 to 54? Uh, we had 800 and some odd. 54% of the audience, over half the audience is men 35, 54, which, of course, is part of that coveted 25 to 54 demographic. Right? Coveted. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless... Oh, we're going to have to learn to play the game with the new system. we got to play the game. Oh, go away. Just go away. And don't call me at 2 o'clock. My phone is going to be real busy today. i got a lot of business to take care of. Ralph says, I'm 41. Listeners, since the mid-80s, you could do a poll. How old are you? Didn't we just do that poll? Yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> we could do it again, though. Yeah, we could do it again. Well, he's got different categories. He's got under 18, 18 to 24, 25 to 35, 36 to 50, 51 to 62, and over 63. Whoa! I don't want to do that again. That's That would not be compelling at all. It is compelling, the fact we had over 1,500 people tabulated in there. Although, a couple of polls we've done recently, we had over 1,600 people vote on the poll. If you leave it up there long enough, you know. Which, maybe that's the whole audience. Cat says, I'm a 63-year-old non-Hispanic white female, live in the Homestead area. I listen to you every chance I get, but because of the Spanish bleed-over, I cannot always get a clear signal. How do you like that? FCC needs to do something about these overpowered illegal signals, it says. Well, the FCC can't do anything about it. The uh, U.S. government can do something about it, like make uh, the Cubans down there in, in Cuba, make Castro uh, do uh, something about these high-powered illegal stations. Because there are international agreements about the airwaves, you know, and they just violate them. They put on eight zillion watts, whatever the hell they want. Raul and Fidel. And always on a, on a frequency where I'm on. Used to be 790, all of a sudden they stuck one on there, 80 billion watts, and now on 560. But from what you told me on Friday, man, we're going to really goose it up. Well, too bad we're not going to be here when that happened. I mean, hmm? Tracy says, I'm a 30-year-old lady. I listen to the full show every day. I've done so for seven years. Since discovering the stream after only hearing the show, I was in high school. Uh, or home for vacation. I have best of CDs. Got your autograph when I was at 16. One of your appearances. Have my extra house key on the Mo Howard David keychain. Wow. Do, 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 do. Tracy is really um, something. Love you, Neil. Miss George like an old toothless hag misses her teeth. F. Joe Bell, it says. Notice how I read that perfectly that time? Good job. Well, I'm not going to be slipping again. How's that? Now, see, I don't, well, I don't even want to get into it. Because I don't know what's working and what's not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Because technically, we're just, we're like a drift at sea. The studio, well, what, what's the big deal with that, Neil? You can communicate other ways. You can, yeah, I'm going to put a note in a bottle to you. Maybe you'll have it by tomorrow morning. Oh, Neil. Yep. Neil, good. I'm Casey Kasem. Well, isn't this nice? A birthday card from my urologist. And it reads, Dear Casey, happy 77th birthday. Please see me immediately. I want to talk about your prostate. I realize 77 is the new 55 and that you're as virile as Michael Phelps after his third bong rip. But the girls and I at the office want you to be careful so you don't bust your gland. Signed, Dr. John Fielmikoff. Well, Dr. Fielmikoff, I'll be in your office tomorrow. And at that moment, I'll put my glands in your hands and be careful with my parts. Boy, a lot of gland talk today, you notice that? Yeah. Now, what's the story? Because uh, I'm missing a page of the log, so I was doing the wrong hour. I'm not sure what happened, but I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I just replied to your text, so I think that should get us back on track. Oh, wait a minute. It said all the pages went through, but you never know. Sometimes they get stuck. Wait, which break is that in? The Which one? The alternative. Uh, That'll be at the 1210 break. 1210. Right from the get-go. That's it. Okay, I had that page, and I, I guess I lost it, you know? Maybe it wasn't compelling enough to hang on to. It <laughs> could be. But I, I definitely did start in the wrong hour. We had some uh, problems when the log came through. Not that we were having any technical problems with the fax machines and stuff. No. You know, if we did have uh, phones working now, I don't even know what the call-in number is anymore anyhow. I believe it stays the same. No. No? No, I think they... So, in other words, you don't know either. Oh, I think you have an 877 number or something, right? Uh-huh. See, mm -hmm. the 567 numbers, forget about it. Yeah, forget those. 567-0560, oh, forget that. So, I don't even know what the uh, call-in numbers are. They've done a hell of a great job communicating here, you know? I'll find out. I mean, you sent me that directory, which is nice, except that I can't read all the numbers, and then you gave me the bat line, which is good, in case we ever get chopped off the air again like that one day. Chuck from Boca says, I owned in the mid-80s a 77 Camaro RS that I bought used with 42,000 miles on it for 1,200 bucks. Boy, back in the day, man, you could buy, in fact, I bought a brand new Camaro, 67, 67 for 3,900 bucks. Can you believe that? Nope. Well, it's true. $3,900. And back in those days in Detroit, the uh, price of gas was like 33 cents a gallon. And occasionally they had gas wars where you can get gas for a dime a gallon. Yeah, and back in those days, a guy could actually work on his car a little bit if he wanted to. Yeah. Now it's, forget it, fuel injectors and this and that, and it's like Chinese. Chuck says, I had to replace muffler, car, auto, transmission, and tires. However, I had no car payments for a while. It was well worth it. When it ran, it was a fun car to drive, but it was only about, gas was only about 75 cents a gallon, then 77. 77! So far, it's the only GM car I've owned. I drive Japanese cars now, which are more like appliances, like a toaster, but they just work. Wish GM would have paid more attention to those smaller cars, not only their sports cars and SUVs and trucks. Was this a compelling enough story? It was for me, Chuck, especially the part about 77 Camaro. And they brought the Camaro back. Don't you find the timing of that a little bit bizarre? Yeah. It's not all that expensive, though. I think it's like twenty-nine grand or something like that. Yeah, I think, I think the ones I've seen on TV are like thirty, thirty-one thousand, something like that. Yeah, it's not that bad. It looks actually pretty cool. Yeah. It looks a little bit like the new Cadillac, though. You know that sleek Cadillac? kind of looks like that a bit. 
Really? I think so, yeah. It's nice. The Escalade? No, not the Escalade. You know, the I think it's like the SR5 or something like that. A really oh, sleek Cadillac. Piece of turd. But it looks good. Paul says, the movie The Neighbor starred Rod, Rod Steiger, not Rod Serling. Did I say Rod Serling? I may have slipped and said that once. I don't think so. Because I said Rod Steiger 50 million times between Friday and today. I think you did slip and say the other one because all I could think of is uh, painting the bald spot. Paint your bald spot? Yeah. What, what does that mean? Isn't that the guy? Who's the Ronco guy? No, it, Ronco guy is Ron Popeil. Uh, I don't know who I'm thinking Not of Rod that. Serling. Oh, Rod Serling's the guy from the Twilight Zone? <laughs> oh, brother. Man, that, that was not compelling at all. No. Oh, it's Monday, the knob guy. He's uh, doing my knob. Excuse me? I just heard something there, and I wondered, what the hell is that? It's the knob guy, the knobber. Also, it says, remember the movie Exodus with Paul Newman and Eva Marie Saint? No. No. B.J. Cobb played Newman's father in the movie, and guess what his name was? Barack. Obama is Jewish. Now I wish I voted for him. L'chaim, says Paul. His name was Barack. No, Obama's the only Barack I've ever known. You know mm -hmm. anybody named Barack? No. I know Baruch Atoadonoi. I know that. Barack Atoadonoi. Roger says, I'm 29, started listening to you because I got bored of listening to Miami FM radio, so I switched to AM and heard Scott Farrell. Then at 10, I switched to you and said, this is a lot better, and I've been here ever since. It's a lot better. It's a lot more compelling. Of course, Scott Farrell is still on the um, Sirius XM, whatever the hell he's on. Yeah. He's still on there. I'm going to kick his ass, and then I'll steal his toupee. I'll take your children. I'll sell them to some Haitians. He was the beginning of the uh, spiral downward for this radio station. He was the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. And then they brought in Jolly Joe and Joyce, and that was the final nails in the coffin. Even Jesus himself never saw nails like these. You think? No. The Dow's up 204 point. Steve from Boynton Beach says, I'm a 44-year-old Jew married to an Italian woman, been listening since 89. This goes back to Friday when we started this business about that crap from that seminar you watched. Mm-hmm. Where they claim that the average listener, based on the new research, the average listener of the Neil Rogers show is a 64-year-old male. You should live so long. That's about as compelling as Tiny's farts, and Tiny's been dead for a few years now. I don't think Tiny's farting anymore. He sure used to, though. Little dogs. Boy, when little dogs fart, it is wicked. Nasty. Always silent. Big dogs, when they fart, it's it's can be nasty, but never silent. I could make a sound here, but that would be bad, because I already used the fart word, you know, and Joyce would... Mm -hmm. She'd be on to me, you know. Right. And then I couldn't say, oh, that's just a raspberry or a, a boysenberry. Carrie says, I'm 47, been listening since I was in my early 30s. I work at home, make over 100 grand a year. Well, good. Send us a bag of money, Carrie, please. Mm -hmm. Thanks for putting Roger Daltrey on the poll yesterday. Miss George, but Flea is doing great. How do you like that? Wow, Carrie great. says, Flea is doing great. Uh-oh, somebody at the door. I'll be back. Okay. Placing a part of my toilet. Not okay. exciting. Now that now that's you got to admit pretty compelling, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks very much. Be sure to flush on the way out. 
Now they just there was a part down there. They just changed the toilets in here and put in these brand new ones that I talked about. Nice. Oh yeah, they are nice. They just uh, it just got a very little bit of water. I guess it's for energy conservation or stuff like that. Boy, there's just too much crap going on today. You know, most of which has nothing to do with the show. But you know what? It is compelling. Man, this is what makes you feel really old, having to jump up out of the chain. Of course, you got that uh, green onions going. Yeah. Thank God you got a little bit of music there to fill. One thing you'll you'll discover, especially today, I might have like a couple more calls today. Mm-hmm. Plus, the knob guy's coming by. No, the knob guy already came by. Oh, he already, really? he already uh, polished my knob. It's been polished. It's nice and shiny. Oh, yeah. It's shiny. That's good. Adam says, I'm a 26-year-old male. My coworker is 24-year-old male. A friend of mine also listens to you religiously. He's a 22-year-old male. Don't know where the hell they got that average. And, and neither do I. They got it from bogus, bogus data. And if anybody thinks that I'm going to pay attention to that or I'm going to, like, change the whole show based on a bunch of bogus uh, crap, I mean, it, w- it would have been one thing if it was, like, you know, down a little bit or, you know, weak, but, like, invisible. Like, everybody died. And the only reason I'm continuing to discuss this is because your buddy, Jolly Joe, is trying to, like, make, trying to, like, le- legitimize it. That's the thing that kills me. Former President Bush has let it be known he's available to speak on the corporate lecture circuit for 150 grand and will be willing to speak in English for 1.5 million. Tracy Klugian, Mr. Bush's agent, head of the ex-presidential speakers bureau, explained the disparity in fees. He's charging ten times as much to speak in English because it requires ten, ten times the effort. Okay. Oh yeah. Mr. Bush came to the decision to charge the higher rate for speaking in English after an appearance in Toronto last week with Bill Clinton, an experience he found draining. President Bush didn't realize he was expected to speak in English at the event since it was in Canada, his agent explained. Mr. Klugian said that despite the hefty fee, he already fielded several offers from corporations who would like the former president to speak in English. (laughs) I think it's the novelty factor, they said. This is supposed to be funny, but you know what? It's not. You think it's funny? It's sad. Tragic and true. 232 votes on the poll. Which of these is the most compelling radio? Neil, ranting and raving, 202. 87%. Ira Windbag, 5. Mark the Jets fan, 5. Stormcat, 5. Stormy's moving on up there. Drew Rosenhaus, 4. NFL Draft, 3. Richie from Boarshead, 3. Dan Marino, 2. Oh, I forgot about Danny Boy. You stuck him on there? Yeah. Bino Cook's got a pair. Jerk Jerk Street's got one. And Fantasy Sports has got the big... Oh! Fantasy sports. People with a fantasy life. Oh, Neil. Oh, God. Who yet already had my knob polished and I got my new toilet part? What more could you like? Huh? Pretty good day so far. What more could any uh, old white man want? Jason says, 36 and listen every day. Aren't you impressed? Very. What we need to find out is what what was your best car that you ever owned? That, That would be good for the emails. That is a good one. You like that? Mm-hmm. What's the best car? What was your favorite? Maybe maybe not the most fancy or like that, but your favorite car. My favorite car was a turquoise Corvette. I don't know what year it was. Early 80s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Turquoise. You know the color I'm talking about? I do. I know turquoise. That color was very popular and on a bunch of uh, different makes of cars for one or two years, and then they stopped making it. It was kind of like luminescent. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Turquoise vet. God, I love that car. Although I love this one right now, my 2004 blue vet. I love it to pieces. What was your favorite car? 
I would say I had a 79 Camaro that I liked a lot. It was a cranberry kind of maroon color, and that thing was fast. Mm. Actually, yeah. I, I took the engine out. I had a 305 in it. I dropped a 350 in it and had these Kreger deep dish rims. It was a muscle car to the extreme. Wow. So, loved it. Got like five miles to the gallon. <laughs> I sure hope nobody uh, emails and says Mustang. Those Mustang people, I, I get such a kick out of those guys. You know, they pull up. You're sitting there at the stoplight in your Corvette, and no matter what year it is, and they pull up next to you in their big shot and uh, their Mustang, you know, mm-hmm. and they're revving the engine and they're looking at you, ah, you know, and, and you leave them in the dust and they sit there with their finger up their ass. I had a friend of mine that had a 66 Fastback Mustang that was actually pretty nice, the ones that had the 289 engines in them. That was a nice ride. Yeah. Didn't handle with the crap, though. <laughs> kind of like my T-Bird that I had. Yeah. Nice looking car, but boy, it handled like crap. Some reason the Fords don't handle as well. Yeah, what is that all about? I think it has to do with the rear end. With the rear end? Rectum. You better watch yourself, mister. Sorry. Or the spirit of Christ is going to compel somebody to blow your ass right out of there because there's a lot of that going on lately. A lot of cost cutting, and with the big bucks you're making on this show. So they used to have four people on the morning show. Yeah. When we first came, when George and I first came to QM, the more the worst team, they had like 75 people working on that show. And we kept thinking, how come there's only two people working on our show, and they've got like 150 people working on the morning show? Why, why does it take so many people? I don't know. Oh, Johnny Dolan says, have you heard the soundtrack music for the promos? The piano arrangement would be used on light FM. It would not even be used. I yawn every time I hear it, not to mention that it's used on three promos being aired back-to-back. Maybe Jolly Joe can invest in some compelling music libraries. No, we can't afford that. <laughs> We're making big cutbacks, okay? Actually, I think that piano music is from a hit song, either from The Fray or from Coldplay, something like that. It's a popular really? song, yeah. And I didn't put well, them together. Who did? I didn't. Joe Cruz put them together, but uh, your buddy yeah, Joe Clarence... Joe Cruz sent me a very defensive email a little while ago. No, nah, he's cool. I mean, let me see if it's in my... But Clarence view. is the one that wrote them and, and instructed how they should be put together. Oh, Clarence is involved. Oh, and by the way, the new Rose Folger, Pete Bolger, you're boring. Go away. I'm not reading any of your crap. Who am I looking for? Joe Cruz. Here it is. You know, George was right about one thing, and that is don't delete the stuff in the old emails. Because I, I delete them every now and then just to get them out of there. So there aren't 80 million deleted emails. Yeah, you can create files and just save them folders why do you want to do that because then you can save them in case you need to go back to them for a reference for something well reason. joe cruz says i'm just the assembler not the creator grassy as a z z grassy as i mean i know i'm an old fart but what the hell does that mean grassy as a z z he's just trying to be funny and say gracias but uh, joe's down he's called oh, grassy yes yeah. oh Go. Oh, my God, Joe. What he's... time is your show on? Hopefully, That's not too compelling. <laughs> no, but he's a big fan Grassy of your show. Ass? He is a good guy, huh? Mm-hmm. When's he getting canned? I don't know. It's got the logos on here, Power 96 and 560 WQM Sports Radio, it says. Sports Radio, my ass. Sports Radio. 258 votes on the poll. We've got to read this one a lot because we want to be compelling. Be compelling. Be, be compelling. Come on. I can't wait till we get that. I'm sure Chicken Neck will work on it. All right. Especially when he gets his check this week. It's in the mail, Chicken Neck. And no, I did not overnight it. Overnight me my money. I want some money. So how do you think? How do you uh, like that Norma? He's going to send a letter. He don't even send letters anymore. Hmm. And you want to know why? Why? Because he's not being fully compensated, number one. And number two, because he knows they're going to laugh at him. Mm-hmm. 
As soon as they get any kind of communication from Norma Kent, <laughs> the people in this corporation, even the janitor, even the janitor gets a good laugh. Because <laughs> you know how Joe shared my personal private emails with you over the weekend? Mm -hmm. He shares Norma's communications with even the janitor, everybody. I'm sure of it. 260 votes on our new poll. Which of these is the most compelling radio? 262. Neil Randing and Raving, 224. Dan Marino, 7. Ira Windbag, 6. Stormcat, 6. Hey, Stormy, you got a following there, man. You suck. Drew Rosenhaus, 5. Mark the Jets fan, 5. NFL Draft, 3. Richie from Boarshead's got 3. Beano Cook, 2. Jerk Jerk Street, 1. And Fantasy Sports has still got the big oh. nothing. Zero. I would say of all the uh, cars I've well, it's really hard you know, when you get to be an old fart like me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might even go back to that first car, the 60 Camaro. Or, uh, yeah, or not Camaro, Corvair. When did they stop making Corvairs? I'll find out. Yeah, you're going to Google it. You cheat. You're a real Googler. In the Army, they have the Bugler, and we got the Googler. Oh, President Obama is going to speak about GM 1155. Everybody's going to get a free car. Everybody's going to get a free uh, Pontiac. They stopped making them in 1969. 69. So I guess I got mine in the nicotine in 1960. Yep, they made them for nine years. And a very cool car, by the way. I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, it was. It was a fine little automobile. And boy, like I said, I put 150, 170,000 miles on it. Now, did you have the convertible? No. Hmm. I don't like convertibles, especially in Florida, although I wasn't in Florida back then. But I don't like convertibles because in Florida, the top rots from the mm -hmm. heat and the humidity. And up north, convertibles, I mean, uh, Paco's got that solstice convertible, and uh, it, it did survive the wintertime once, but I don't know how often. Because the wintertime, you get all the salt on the road and all the schmutz and the snow, you know? Yeah, and that car was replaced by the Chevy Vega. Yeah. I don't know. Vega's not so cool. Sounds really cheesy to me. I had a Cutlass. I had a Grand Prix. I had a fine black Grand Prix. Boy, that was a sharp-looking car. Well, you know, all the brothers got the Cutlass now. They jack them up, put the big rims on them, put the hydraulics really, really. in it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Cutlass is the big one. That's the new pimp mobile? Yep. When I worked at WINZ, Stanley J. Cohen, who at that time was the general mangler, who was a real jackass, ass clown, he had a big yellow Cadillac Seville. We used to call it the pimp mobile. Uh, nice. A big yellow Seville. Why Why do people want to uh, own Cadillacs? I know it's a status symbol, but I mean, what What? What is? What made Cadillacs so plastic? Because it's so expensive? Is that the deal? I guess. I'm just not impressed by Cadillacs, including the Escalade. Tom Brady's got an Escalade. He's got it. I can't believe that we're talking about Tom Brady's ass sweat or whatever it was last week. Remember that email we got about that? Yeah. Oh, fake Tom Jicka says the bits are a take on the ABC, ESPN, NBA, NBA final spots. That's what they're a takeoff on. The bits that your buddy Clarence that stole. That makes from. sense. Yeah, that's Clarence. He's an original. I wonder. I wonder if he's found it yet on his honeymoon. Spread them and say cheese. All right, all right. Hey, man, I'm Matthew McConaughey, and as you may know, I hate deodorant. But I finally found one that fits my lifestyle. New Unsure Odorant. Get solid protection, but still keep that pickle, onion, and gym sock smell. Listen, you don't have to wear it. 
but it would be a lot cooler if you did. Try new Unsure Odorant. Strong enough for a woman, but really, it's for a man who wants to smell as if he just ran a 5K in 100-degree temperatures. Grassy ass. Oh, my God. I guess I'm getting a little bit old and slow, huh? Maybe. Or maybe, uh, Joe, what's his name? What, what's his name? Cruz. Cruz. Maybe he uh, isn't ready for prime time as far as having his own show. Wasn't really compelling, if you ask me, but then what do I know about that? Scott in Pinellas Park says, Best car I ever had is what I drive now. 91 Geo Metro LSI that I got from Ed Morse on State Road 7. It needs a new tranny, but other than that, I've never had a problem with it. It's not so much my car, it's me, says Scott. A 91 Geo Metro is not his car, it's it's him. Huh? I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. It's him. Grassy as. Leo says, WQM has got to stop playing those commercials with the suicidal piano music. I, I don't know what they're talking about. I haven't heard them. I guess I'm lucky. Yeah. It says, I tell you what, as long as these commercials are played on WQM, you can count on the whole station and its programming being considered uncompelling radio with the exception of your show. By the way, my most reliable vehicle was my 92 Chevy S10 that was sold with over 275,000 miles. I currently own a Chevy Silverado with 153,000 miles still running strong. It's one thing about the um, Chevy cars from the olden days. Boy, you could put a lot of miles on those. Yeah. 150, 200,000. It seems like today they build cars that last, what, maybe three years? And, of course, back in the day, the real shady used car dealers, they would, they would turn the miles back. Hmm. They would turn the odometer back. Why are you going, hmm? Never heard of that happening before. You never heard of that? No. Not down here in South Florida. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying in South Florida. I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay. There used to be some unscrupulous used car guys who would turn the miles back. So maybe the car had 175,000 miles on it. Right. And they would turn it back to like 75,000. Or more likely it would have like 140,000 and they'd turn it back to 40, whatever. I think people do that with their leases now. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Are they still able to turn the miles back? you got to know what you're doing, but yeah, even with the digital uh, displays, you can still do it. Really? Yep, if you know what well, you're doing. Well, you sound like a shady character to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mary says, when you go to the Neil Rogers site, the background comes up, but no site. I, I just went to the homepage, and it looked fine to me. It says, you have to go to the QM site to hear you. Oh, she's not talking about visually the website. She's talking about the audio. The background comes up, but no sight. Do you understand that? No, but I'm looking into it right now. You're looking into what? What she's maybe looking at. I don't know. She says, you have to go to the QM site to hear you, says Mary. I, I, don't, I think you're full of it, Mary. I mean, with all due respect. Everybody else seems to be uh, streaming just fine. Fine. Fine as G.I. wine. So I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know either. Oh. Maybe somebody else out there knows. Wah. Come on. That's my first one for the day. Wah. Oh, here's some shocking news. Beasley sells pair in Vegas moves Coyote format to 102.7. Beasley Broadcast Group is selling two stations and the format of calls to another Ed Stoltz's Silver State Communication LLC for $15.25 million in cash. Oh, that's, that's good. As soon as they get that money, then they can buy me out. Beasley is selling classic country sports, transitioning to all sports, KBET. But these people are just sports fanatics, you know what? 
and the signal and frequency of country KCYE. 104.3 the Coyote Las Vegas to Silver State, but is also selling the format and calls of Top 40 KFRH. Beasley will retain the KCYA call letters and Coyote format, move them to the present 102.7 FM facility of KFRH, which will also retain uh, the chairman and CEO of something. Retain its format. Chairman and CEO George Beasley said this transaction reflects our long-term commitment to the Las Vegas market as well as our focus on further deleveraging our balance sheet. Upon completion of the transaction, Beasley Broadcast Group will own three stations in Vegas, including Coyote Country 102.7, KCYE FM Classic Hits, 96.3, whatever. Not compelling. Notwithstanding the current economic and market challenges, we continue to believe Las Vegas remains one of the most vibrant and promising radio markets in the country and that our cluster will be well-positioned as the economy and industry rebounds. They're positioning their cluster. You know where they're sticking it? In your rectum. Yeah, I got a cluster from them. Mm-hmm. Cluster of grapes. By the way, I logged on to your website, clicked the streamer. Everything worked and looked fine. Yeah, everything's fine, Mary. It's you. It's you, honey. I don't want to point the finger at you, but it's you. Jackie says, had a 72 Barracuda black with gold strap down the sides. Ooh. Stripe, she means, I'm sure. It's a gold strap. It only had a 318 in it, but a good car for an 18-year-old girl. I met a lot of guys driving that car. Wish I had it today, says Jackie. How do you like that? Nice. 72 Barracuda. Oh, here's uh, the president. Storied automakers, General Motors and Chrysler. These companies were facing a crisis decades in the making and having relied on loans from the previous administration, were asking for more. From the beginning, I made it clear that I would not put any more tax dollars on the line if it meant perpetuating the bad business decisions that had led these companies to seek help in the first place. I refused to let these companies become permanent wards of the state, kept afloat on an endless supply of taxpayer money. In other words, I refused to kick the can down the road. But I also recognize the importance of a viable auto industry to the well-being of families and communities across our industrial Midwest and across the United States. In the midst of a deep recession and financial crisis, the collapse of these companies would have been devastating for countless Americans and done enormous damage to our economy beyond the auto industry. It was also clear that if GM and Chrysler remade and retooled themselves for the 21st century, it would be good for American workers, good for American manufacturing, and good for America's economy. I decided then that if GM now, and Chrysler and stakeholders were willing Not to so sacrifice... Much. Oh, okay, their... in that case. Really? It's okay. No, but that, that wasn't the question. Is it okay? We can't afford to be just okay anymore, okay? According to your fat-ass buddy, we got to be compelling every second, or they might tune out. Every second of every minute. Hmm. Like, um, what's his name? Stormcat. That's compelling. That is really compelling. It gets me glued to the radio. How about when they brought in that new part for my toilet? That was pretty compelling, right in the middle of the show. That was. And they were getting a big charge out of uh, these maintenance guys. There's one in particular, by the way. Boy, I sure wish I had more time with him. But anyway, wow. Some of these Asian people are really, and and, and the ones who are the best looking are the mixed. Mixed white and fill in the blank, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mixed white and black, mixed white and Chinese, Chinese, whatever. Wow. 
Byron Pegg and Mustard the Wonder Dog, who are chronic, and they're not only our only emailers from Meridian, Idaho, they're our only chronic emailers from that part of the world. My favorite car was a 71 white Chevy Caprice. I had a Caprice, a 67, I think. I don't know what year it was. Boy, I put a zillion miles on that car. I had 8 million um, repairs to it. Drove it cross country, had a quad sound system, never let us down. A good cruise machine, it says. 71 Chevy White Caprice. I don't like white cars myself. They get filthy. I mean, if somebody farts outside, they get dark and nasty. You agree? Yeah, I used to have a white Jeep, and it was always dirty. Yeah. That 67 Camaro I had, white with a blue top, convertible. Really nifty car, but boy, it got filthy all the time, especially in Detroit. Oh, boy. A lot of schmutz in Detroit. Ed says, my 96 F-150 is still running great with, uh, wait till you hear this, 250,000 miles on it. Quarter of a million miles. Do you know how many miles that is? That's a lot. That's a lot of miles. And Kenny Gramer sends me a picture, I'm so sorry that he did, of his favorite car, a 79 silver Chevy Nova. I had a 70, I think, 5, 75 red or maroon Chevy Nova. Boy, I hated that car. They used to have the straight six in it. Oh, God, was that a horrible car. And and the uh, rear end was always getting screwed up. Nothing worse than when your rear end is always getting screwed up. 79, and here's a picture of that uh, Chevy Nova. Brings back a lot of bad memories. That was a nasty-ass car. But at any rate, he's still uh, rambling on about GM. Way better than what appeared likely when this process began. Don't you think now is a great time? In fact, they were given instructions before on how you do it. You find out which Chevy dealers are closing down or which GM dealers are closing down, going out Mm -hmm. of business. And then you uh, call them and you make them an offer they can't refuse. Sure, why not? I mean, they they got to dump whatever they got inventory. They're going to get rid of it. Oh, my God. The fake Tom Jicka. Here's a YouTube clip. Where will the amazing happen? I don't do uh, links, okay, Tommy? I'm not interested. Marloy says, when you go to neorogers.com, the green background pops up, plus an ad, but you can't see anything except the background. Well, you know what? I find that just, uh, let me let me click my homepage thing here. And there's everything on there. There's the background, and there's Anila's back, and... Uh, me in the mailbox, and there's the pole, and there's the Tom Cruise, kissy, 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 his boyfriend on the lips, his nanny. I don't have any trouble seeing it. Do you? Nope, not at all. Some of you people are having some real technical problems. O'Neill! Well, uh, it be the 12 to 1 hour on WQAM. It may not be too compelling because it's a Christmas song, but nevertheless, some some people may not make it till Christmas. True. Isn't that true? That is true. So let's along our best wishes for a happy Chinooka and Merry Christmas right now in the uh, 1st of June. It's a long way to go till uh, those holidays. Happy Shavuos, by the way, this past weekend. Terry says, bought a 1980 Olds Cutlass Supreme, new. Drove it for 10 years listening to you and sold it with 240,000 miles on it. Everything still worked. 240,000. A 1980 Olds Cutlass Supreme. Yeah, Cutlass was a good car. I had a 73 Cutlass. Yeah. Yeah, what? They, they are good, or were good. Now, let me see. They don't make Oldsmobile anymore, right? 
I don't believe so. Pontiac. No Oldsmobile and no Pontiac. I bet you could get a great deal on a Pontiac right now. I would think so. I wouldn't mind buying me one of them little um, solstices. I thought you had one. Well, I, I don't got it. Paco's got it. It's oh. not my car. Once in a while, I drive it. If I'm on good behavior, I get to drive it like on the weekend. And you enjoy the way it drives? Yeah. It's a fine little automobile. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah. it's not powerful or anything like that. I mean, after driving my vet, it's like uh, pedaling. It looks cool. Yeah. And it's a convertible, which, like I said, I hate like poison, but nevertheless. Mark Levin, that's how he pronounces it, is a far bigoted, self-hating Jew who broadcasts right-wing swill on 610 in the evenings, it says, says Anthony. He's truly hateful, and I hate him. Mark Levin. Self-hating right-wing Jew. Boy, that uh, 610, man. Nazi radio. They ought to have a swastika on their billboards. Although Jimmy Syphilis might not be uh, take that too kindly. Don't hear from her anymore. Good. Yeah, that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. I don't know if you care, but I can play you the um, Where Amazing Happens, the real one, and I can play the uh, promo that Clarence put together. Oh, sure. Go right ahead. It'll kill some. It'll be very compelling. This will be compelling. Okay, this is the one that the NBA is using. Yeah, I like it so far. Oh. Okay, so that's that. It doesn't really say anything. It's just uh, imagery that you would see oh. on the TV screen, but that's the music that they're talking compelling. about. That's coma-inducing. Yeah, now here's our version of it. Yeah. Uh, it's not hooked up Dead to play. Dead air, not compelling. Yeah, and it's not hooked up to play. How come I can't play that and I can play the computer? Well, what's uh, not hooked up to play? The audio vault. I'll have to drag it in. Hang on. Oh, my God. I can hear the dials clicking. No, this Clicking. is compelling. This is compelling. It is? Yeah. Well, I'm okay. thinking about that first one. That was just... Yeah, because it's just music, really, and they show, like, cool imagery of, like, you know, Michael Jordan dunking and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that goes over real big on the radio. Yeah, not so good. Now, here's ours. You're listening to South Florida's Sports Leader. South Florida's Sports Leader. Leader. Where Jim Mandish happens. Go talk to Oprah Winfrey, okay? You need a oh, session right. on Dr. Phil. We're doing sports talk here. We're in the locker room, Pally. Pally. It is Ringling Brothers. It's Mark's Brothers meet three stooges around here. The Mad Dog. Weekday afternoons, 4 to 7. Strap it up, coach. I'm going in. 560 QAM. Now, wouldn't you think if you're writing that promo, wouldn't you end it with Where Amazing Happens? First of all, since the commercial is called Where Amazing Happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would tie that in somehow. Uh, that's true, maybe. Maybe we aren't allowed to do that. That would be too plagiaristic and we'd wind up getting a suit or something. I don't, I don't know. Well, regardless, this is where amazing happens. Is it? Sure. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing the last couple of weeks since they made this premature move into the new building. How's that phone system coming? Awesome. How's the new studio coming? Flea. Yeah, then don't start playing that. Boy, if there's anything I just can't stand, <laughs> is that sound. Um, I haven't seen any change on it because I think now they're working on the power studio. I see. I could be wrong, Neil, though. Neil, you've been dropping out on the Internet today. Just what we needed is more technical hygiene. I'm getting all kinds of uh, technical crap now. I think it's either my computer, my connection, or the Internet line. Sometimes I have, when I have too many pages open, it'll cause your show to drop out for a period of time, usually a few seconds to a minute or two. 
I don't know. I'm getting uh, messages from people saying the Internet stream is just fine today. Compels me to believe that it's just fine, you know? Oh, we're fine. But who knows? Tony from Pompano Park, or from Pomona Park, excuse me, says the streaming is horrendous on the QAM website. I haven't been able to hear the station through that site for months. Your site always works. Anyway, keep up the good work. Sorry about George and have a great day. P.S. had a 72 Hugger Orange El Camino back in the day with a 402 engine. Used to race it on A1A in Fort Lauderdale in the late 70s and early 80s when Fort Lauderdale Beach was fun. Yeah, I remember those days. That's not the case anymore. They really messed up the strip, says Tony from Pomona Park, Florida. Where's Pomona Park? No idea. He says it's in the sticks. It's in the sticks. Derek gives us a heads up. Jack Martin, that dumb frog, is leaving the Panthers to coach the frogs. The habitants. It says, don't let the door hit you in the fat ass on the way out, you D-bag. Jack Martin, a real loser, man. He was a loser in Ottawa. He was a loser with the Panthers. Never made it to the playoffs once. And now he's going to Montreal to coach the Frogs. Good. Goodbye, Jean. <coughs> well, I'll tell you that Alan Cohen has sure built a winning organization there with the Panthers, hasn't he? Not. Not. Wow, Pomona Park is by Lake Broward. What the hell is Lake Broward? I have no idea. Lake Broward. Yeah, it's on 17. He's right. It's in the sticks. Wow. Oh, there's Sam Rosen. God, is he ugly. Because he wanted to jump Zetterberg and, and maybe pound... Excellent broadcaster, Rangers voice. ...say this requires a suspension, and the coach has got to get hit, and the player's got to get hit. But this was top line... He's really incredibly ugly. He looks a lot like me. Uh, Zetterberg has been battling Crosby. Uh, he's taken some shots. Crosby is hit. Yeah, you can't get more compelling than Stanley Cup final talk, right? We love the Red Wings. They win a lot. Oh, yeah. This is back to Kelly. Kelly the Brewer. There goes the shot. It's wide. Listen, Brewer. You're trying to send it again. Eddie Listenberger, and there's Red Kelly with that silly-ass helmet. Well, he was a great player, Red Kelly. This is the uh, Red Wings at the Leafs, April 11, 1963. Hmm. With Bill Hewitt, who's still dead. And it looks like Pomona Park is about 20, 25 miles west of Palm Coast or Flagler Beach. Oh, my God. It's in the sticks, all right. That was up 215 points. It's a thrilling Monday, man. We had the... Doorknob man come here and polish my knob. We had the toilet people come, the maintenance people, and put that new part on my toilet. I'm thinking maybe I need new toilets down there in my house. What do you think? I'll check it out. You'll check it out what? How oh, much yeah. are they? I don't know. Toilets come 100 bucks. Because the toilet in my bathroom down there, it's, it's um, I don't know, not real powerful. You can get but the that... one like they have in the old Versace mansion. I think that one's like $10,000. No, I, I don't need that. You sure? No, positive. Unless you want to buy it. You want to no. pay for it? No, no, no. You got the big bucks coming in, rolling no. in. Especially being the, the super spy for uh, your buddy Joe. Yeah. Sharing emails. Boy, you know, I, I still can't get over that. That is so unacceptable. I mean, Mo tried to get George Canford for doing that, for sending me those emails. Which I read them all on the air. They all ripped Mo an ass. Well, <laughs> you talk about a thin-skinned... Douche, that was Mo. Thin-skinned. How dare you talk about me that way? Ba ba ba. You hear the things he's saying about me? Oh my God! And they're all true, including the checkered pants and the bad hairpiece. You ever? You, you never met him, right? No. 
the worst hair pieces in the history of mankind. And he had a whole series of them. He had the Sunday go to meeting, uh, you know, the real fancy one. And I don't think I saw them all. <laughs> yeah. There are two things I don't understand, and they both have to do with vanity. Men who decide to grow a mustache or other facial hair, beard, or the, the whole thing, and men who wear um, wigs. I mean, wigs once upon a time, way back during the founding of our country, wigs were very big. George Washington wore a wig, those white powder wigs, you know, oh my God. Yeah, they Can you were. imagine how those things smelled? Very manly. Is it? Is it manly to wear, to a, wear powdered a powdered wig? wig? I don't think so. Oh. And, of course, the, the Brits, they, and, and back during colonial days, they used to wear those really funny British outfits, you know, with the, with the tails. Yeah, with no A.C. No, my God. Stop and think about that. Mm. What, what, what must it have smelled like in ancient Rome? <laughs> there are some days, uh, some hot summer days, it don't smell so good in modern Rome, believe me. Oh, man. <clears throat> not that I'm knocking Rome, you understand. That would not be compelling. I love Rome. You ever been to Rome? No. Where have you been? Foreign countries. I've been to France, Spain, uh, Holland. Holland? You've been to Amsterdam? I have. I've been to Canada, Mexico, and then a bunch of the islands. The islands? Mm-hmm. Like in the Caribbean? Yeah. Those islands? Mm-hmm. So sorry. Yeah. You were on a real roller. You were doing well till you got to that. 1213 at 560 WQM on... This is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil Gott. Hello. Recently, San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom announced that he was running for governor of California on Twitter. How can you trust someone who uses the Twitter for important announcements? Twitter is for casual chatter, like telling the friends messages about the dropping of the doors in the bathroom or things of this nature. Watch me. I'm tweeting now. I am scratching my balls in the press conference and all of this. And the girl in the front row has huge boobies, smiley face, and emoticons of this nature. See? That's what Twitter's for and so on and so forth and these kinds of things. Thank you. You're welcome. 1218 at 560 WQAM. Oh, this, this is the same jackass, Warner Klemper. This is the guy that was telling me that I should have paid George's salary and done this and done that. I should have walked out, all his other. I should, uh, you know, fall on a sword. Mm -hmm. This is your chance to save George, it says. You have a golden opportunity to get George's job back. WQM seems to be very interested in getting you to work during the summer. You should offer to give up your vacation in exchange for George being rehired as your producer. You think I'm going to give up my uh, summer schedule for anything? No. It's a small price to pay, even if you if you really care about George's welfare. You can see that new job offers have been scarce for him. Even if WQM takes him back with a pay cut, he can make up the difference with personal appearances at racetracks and strip clubs. You weren't willing to give any money to help George. Will you put, give up some vacation to help a loyal friend who stood by your side for 20 years? No, I will not. I'm not giving up my summer schedule for anything. That's the only. That's the last thing that's left in my contract. From the previous one, that's the last perk that's left in there is the summer schedule. And now they're trying to back off from that. Warner, you take care of George. Go, we'll, we'll get you his address in Hollywood. Go to his house every week and give him a nice big check. This guy's so concerned that I'm, I'm going to, like, uh, you know, fall on the sword. To say, George isn't coming back. You think George is coming back? No. 
Rick in Deerfield says, I've been listening to you since the early 90s. You have a new phrase, which I wish you could explain to me. Neil, what is an ass clown? Ass clown is substitute for the word that we can't say, which ends in whole. See, we everything now has to be couched in much uh, different kind of terms, because otherwise Joyce will come down on us like uh, a sword on your ass, like rain on your roof. The Dow's up 212 points. Here's the GM guy. Hourly and salaried employment. I want to express my sincere and heartfelt appreciation and thanks to all who have sacrificed so much in this regard, who will have sacrificed in the past and will sacrifice in the future, including our dealers, suppliers, suppliers. Suppliers, yeah, good reading. This guy's probably making about three million a year. He can't even read the words. We'll continue to invest and, in fact, share the sacrifice in the future and in the days ahead. This includes very serious sacrifices. Is this a uh, compelling, captivating? No. Oh, okay. Screw him then. 324 votes on the poll. Which of these is the most compelling radio? Neil Randing and Raving, 268 out of 324. Stormcat, 12. Oh, they <laughs> like Stormy. <laughs> yeah. Beating Ira and Dan. Oh, yeah. Dan Marino, 8. Ira Windbag, 8. NFL Draft, 6. Drew Rosenkranstein, 6. Bino Cook, 6. Mark the Jets fan, 5. Richie from Boarshead, 5. Jerk Jerk Street, 1. And Fantasy Sports still has got the big... Oh! Nothing. Fantasy Sports. Like Norma Kent, overgrown children like that. When, when are we going to start with our baseball card segment? Oh, I don't know. Whenever you're ready. Seems to me that would be pretty compelling. Yeah. Baseball card talk. Mm-hmm. Steve says, my favorite car is spelled with a U. Favorite, F-A-V-O-U-R, you know, that British-Canadian thing? Mm-hmm. Was back in England in 79. A diesel-powered Ford Escort. I bought it new, so it was a bit spiffy for a 19-year-old. The odd thing was, though, it did 48 miles a gallon, and given that diesel is usually around 10% cheaper than gas in Europe, it was very cheap to run. I put around 90,000 miles on it. Guess these car companies have misplaced the instructions on how to build these. Love, Steve. Steve, who's a silly-ass Brit. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, the car companies misplaced it. In fact, you know, talk about the new Camaro being spiffy and so on, but don't you find the timing to be a little bit unusual that they brought back the Camaro at a time when people are not looking to buy that kind of car? Yeah. At a time when gas is like $85 to fill up the tank? Bob says, for my 16th birthday, my dad gave me a new 68 Oldsmobile 442 convertible. It ate a quarter of oil every hundred miles, but was fastest, best-looking chick magnet mobile, uh, mobile I ever owned. Yeah, do you remember the days when you used to check your own oil? And change your own oil. No, I never did that. Oh, I used to all the time. You did? Yeah. But that thing about adding a quarter of oil all the time, I, I remember those days. We'd have to put oil in the crankcase. My Caprice was like a, an oil guzzler. And I remember those days when you'd, uh, you'd pull out the dipstick. <laughs> Can we say that? Better call Joyce. Can we say dipstick? Uh-oh. And especially if you say pull out the dipstick, that's really bad. There are some really not-so-compelling implications from that. <laughs> now, when's the last time you checked the oil in your car? Uh, five, six years, maybe? Yeah, I can't remember the last time I did that. And now, is that because they don't, they don't make gas or oil guzzlers anymore, or is it because... Um, I don't know what the reason is. I think you have, a ma you have to have a map just to find a dipstick anymore. No, I can find the dipstick. Really? Oh, yeah. I've seen a few. Gary says, I've owned many cars in my life, including several Corvettes. 
The best was a 66 Stingray. All right. Ooh. Probably the best-looking car ever produced in Detroit. I had a friend in Detroit who had a 66 Blue Stingray. Mm. The only problem with that was the ride. Oh, it felt like your ass was dragging right on the highway? Yeah, real stiff. Right, yeah, stiff. It says that car would pass anything except a gas station. If they offered the car today, I'd place an order right now. Enjoying your show every day. Regards to George, Gary, and Homestead. And he doesn't say, oh, you should uh, work the whole summer just so George can get hired again, which isn't going to happen anyway. P.S. It says Joe Bell should be really careful when he starts his car. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's the best line of the day. That's compelling to me. I like it. You don't, of course. You can't say you like it, even though you chortle a little bit. You can't say you like it because that would not be the usual sucking up that you're expected to do. Right. And I have to suck up to a lot of people, man. I got to suck up to you. I got to suck up to Joe. No, you I don't have suck to suck up, to, up to me. I'm not into suck ups. No. Okay, good. That gives not me a break all. then. For a while. George never sucked up. In fact, George was contrary just for the just for the sake of it a lot of times, which is fine with me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here's one that says all this technical stuff, all these people with all their problems. Oh, geez, we can't hear the show. There's only one link to listen to your program. It's the Listen Live link. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., the link brings in your show. Before or after the same link brings in sports. The other link is your archives. Well, what does that mean? Can you translate that for me? I have no idea what you're talking about. There's only one link to listen to your program. It's the Listen Live link. Right. Is he talking about on the Neil Rogers website or on the QM website? What's he talking about? I don't know. We don't know and we don't care. It's not compelling. No. If you want to hear it, you can hear it. Dear Neil, from JP in Weehawken, New Jersey, my favorite car I owned was a 78 AMC Pacer. I drove this car when I lived in Orlando. You're absolutely correct about car door freezing shut during winter months in Orlando. That's right. Scary. The AMC Pacer had one of the longest doors ever built on a car. Lots of glass like a fishbowl. Love you always, JP in Weehawken, New Jersey. How do you like that? Yeah. We got people listening in Saudi Arabia and Belgium, and we got people listening in Weehawken, New Jersey. Father Murd, 
You fairy. Twelve thirty-two at five sixty WQM. Happy Monday to you. We are compelling today, man. The spirit of Christ compels us to uh, do it. Kenny Gramer says the music where amazing happens was initially used by Gatorade in a commercial featuring Stephen Jackson from the St. Louis Rams two years ago, and then a similar spot featuring Tony Palamolu and Ladanian Tomlinson. The music is called The Ecstasy of Gold by Ennio Maricone, Maricone, and it was composed for the climatic sequence from the movie The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Were you aware of this? I was not. Well, now you're learning more. ABC copied the idea for their promos, then WQM and other sports radio stations across America are copying it, too. A lot of complaints about that piano music. Yeah. Not compelling, I'll tell you that right now. I don't care what anybody says. It's coma-inducing. Not compelling. Got an email from our friend Chuck at High Life Cafe, who's a good guy. Yeah, and I love that place. And a friend of George. What? I love that place. Yeah, it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Chuck says, just a quick reminder about the High Life Cafe wine dinner on June 3rd. That's Wednesday. We have just a few spaces still available for this amazing dinner. There have been a couple of wine changes for the better, I think. If you'd like to check out the menu with wine pairings, go to highlifecafe.com and click on the specials tab. It's H-I-L-I-F-E, highlifecafe.com. And don't forget about Chef Carlos's next cooking class, June 17. It says the small plates have proven hugely popular. Everyone seems to really dig designing their own menu. We hope you'll stop by and check it out for yourself. So the big wine dinner at High Life Cafe is this Wednesday, June 3rd. Thanks, Chuck. I'll put that in my pile. Remind me to mention it again tomorrow. Okay. And maybe on Wednesday, because he's a good guy and a good sponsor and uh, good people. The guy from GM is still pop, 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 pop. You said he's not compelling. If one look, steps back and look at the look at the broad picture here, of what's being accomplished? Yeah, look at the picture of the broad. Too bad we can't do that anymore. The uh, beaded curtain. They've got a humongous, humongous viewership on our website. Hmm. That that sounds compelling. But we can't do it anymore. Oh. Well, the reason we can't do it is because we can't verify the age of the chicks on there when the pictures were taken. Right. So somebody out there in Radioland uh, advised us of the uh, new laws on that. This is like a few years ago. There wasn't anybody inside the building who was aware of it. Because, frankly, not that I want to sound like I'm complaining, but nobody inside the building really gives a flying crap about our website. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. The fake John Maynard Keene says, For the record, I'm a 34-year-old male who's been listening to your show for about 16 years. Also the original owner of a 1996 Toyota Tacoma, which is about to tick up to 225,000 miles. You know the thing that they say here that I never hear Americans say? What's that? Clicks. They'd say, oh, it's going to hit 225,000 clicks. Do Americans say that? That's a military term, isn't it? Click. I don't know. I believe it is. It says, yeah, she's starting to get ugly, but she still starts up every morning. GM has known about their problems for decades and sat on their hands, thinking they would never topple. Sad to say, nobody in this world can escape hard economic realities. Hopefully, GM can come out of this having learned their lesson, and hopefully will emerge as a better company. And then it says, insert Gilbert <laughs> laugh here. Seriously, though, even though GM is whiffed severely, they have the opportunity to emerge from bankruptcy so they can still do business. Tragically, other failed businesses cannot say the same thing. We need more American industry, not less of it. Good luck to us, says the fake John Maynard Keynes. Fairly compelling. On a scale of 1 to 2, 
Mm, Ray says, when I worked at Expo uh, part of Home Depot, they also went through the same removal of anyone making too much money. We found out later they received bonuses for whomever they got rid of. Hmm. Smells the same for your station, don't you think, it says. I've been listening to you since 1988 when I moved down here from Chicago. Favorite car was a 67 Camaro SS. Mm. I bought it used for a 1000 bucks. First and last hot rod I owned. And demographics, I'll be 56 on November 15. And that's a great car. 67 Camaro SS. Yeah. My 67 Camaro convertible was not an SS. I don't think. What was an SS? That was a souped-up model. Yeah, Super Sport. Maybe that was my car. White with a blue convertible top. And back in those days, the convertible top was like, you know, an automatic top. We just pressed a button and it would uh, go up and go down. As opposed to like now. Like, for example, my uh, 64 Corvette. It's got the glass top, which I love the glass top. There's nothing like driving down the highway and it's raining and you got the glass top and you look up and you see the rain hitting the roof, you know? Yeah, that's cool. It is. But taking that glass top off and putting it back on, oh, God, is that a pain in the ass. And even the top, like on the solstice, it's uh, it's an ordeal. you got to monkey around with, uh, you know, with stuff. As opposed to just pressing a button and the top goes up or the top goes down. Isn't that the way a convertible should be? Should be, yeah. Why should you have to potchkey around with it? Alex says, listening online in Doral, it sounds great as usual. Well, thanks, Alex. Here's somebody without a complaint. Listen online, it works, sounds fine, it's compelling. No complaints. Thanks, Alex. Jesus, God. That's that's your buddy Joe. We got a new system. We got to learn uh, to play the game. Yeah, you go play the game. Go play in traffic. Now, aren't aren't you going to be uh, are are you going to be like conferenced in if he does call me after the show today? Are you going to be <laughs> listening? Maybe. Oh, uh, you're laughing. I'm I'm serial. No, I doubt it. You seem to be the uh, fly on the wall for everything going on with him. Oh, Scott says, when I said my car was me, I meant to say it's a reflection of me as the picture shows. And he's got like 80,000 bumper stickers on this car. He's got a picture of it here. He's that guy, huh? Oh, he's got a fish on the back. Oh, no. With a Jewish name. Well, he's in Pinellas Park. I guess he's trying to throw him off his scent. Yeah, that explains a lot. He's got a fish on a black fish. And what do these things say? American terrorist. Somebody for Congress. I don't know. He's just a bumper sticker kind of guy. Yeah. He doesn't have a Neil Rogers QAM bumper sticker on. You want to know why? Why is that? Because there aren't any. IOD, we had bumper stickers. We had the billboards. We had posters. We had, you know, people would go out to a remote. They'd come to one of our remotes, and they'd walk away with a bunch of stuff, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. What do we got now, Mr. Promotions Man? Um, what do I have left? I have some beer coolies. Come on. That's about it. Some T-shirts. Several years ago, I think it was like the first or second year we were on QAM, and they came out with these really neat QAM T-shirts and caps. And Greg Reed puts out a memo. Any employees wishing to purchase uh, QAM, they, they were making the employees buy the QAM T-shirts. <laughs> 
I mean, I've heard of chintzy, but get cereal. God, talk about cheap. Will you fudge pack him? He takes it up the street, say it with a little class, oh, leave me alone. I wanted to go into space, the media got on my case, so I traded in my rocket for a human bone. You know that I can't fake no more unzipped that fly. I'm busting through that closet door, baby, I dig guys. Oh, he is strange, man. He's he's that would be a good poll. I was just thinking about it during the break. Which one of these people looks mostly like they just got off the spaceship? <laughs> okay. He's one of them. Michael Phelps is another one. Bizarre, you know what I mean? Yeah. Adam Oshbuck says, "Did you happen to catch who killed the electric car last night on CBC?" No, I wish I would have known it was going to be on. After watching the movie, I have no pity for anyone in the auto business. After all, this is the business they have chosen. In other news, GM stocks have gone from around 70 cents to about a dollar today. Keep it up on the show, too. Hoping it warms up soon. Man, it's cold. Yes, it is. Not too toasty here. It's murky and cold. On the 1st of June. Not good. Not acceptable. That's in case Castronova is listening. Oh, and, and let me tell you this. Let me just say this to you, and you mull it over in your mind for about one or two seconds. Okay. If being compelling and holding the audience is what the key to successes with this new rating uh, methodology, then how could Ron and Paul be doing so great? I don't know. Stop and th ask yourself that question. They seem to be the big, huge story in this new um, methodology. Compelling radio. When's the last time they did compelling radio? I haven't listened to them in a while. Oh, my God. You, you're the one. Kenny Gramer says you were talking about Neil stuff, T-shirts, bumper stickers, etc., which WYOD had an ample supply of and which WQM has never produced. Free thought WQM stuff was an answer to your question. It never even crossed his mind the station could make Neil stuff. Now, they're not going to do that. Oh, my God. Click. Click Canadian sling for kilometer, either speed or distance. Ah. For example, Hamilton's about 50 clicks from Toronto. Speed, I was doing about 120 clicks. See, it's a Canadian thing, eh? Yeah. How many clicks is it from uh, where you are? 359 votes on the pool, and the good news is Fantasy Sports just tied Jerk Jerk Street with one vote apiece. And the Dow's up 218 points. I think we've got like five emailers now. I'm not talking about the cranks anymore because they seem to have vanished, thank goodness, today. But uh, Scott Levison and Adam Oshmuck, and uh, there's about five or ten uh, emails, and the rest of the people, they just lay out. Don't you find that a little bit disconcerting? A little bit. Scott from Pinellas Park, who evidently uh, this show is his life, he said, the fish on my car is a faded Darwin non-fish. 
My wife is a very lapsed Catholic. In fact, she bought the Darwin thing for my car. She's the closest thing to anything Christian in my house. I had a WIOD unbelievable sticker on it. Wore off. The other sticker says, American Errorist. It's anti-Bush. Oh, Errorist. P.S. Did you ever get the ABC Contemporary Sounder? No, but you got it in there somewhere. Do you have it in the uh, DCS or in the Audio Vault or in some... No, not yet. Not yet? No. Well, where is it? Where is it hanging out? It's in an email right now. And you can't play it? Not the way we're set up right now, no. But I did find out the other military term for a click, though, which is what I thought it was. A click? Yeah. A click is uh, a kilometer in the military as well. Really? Yep. But it's spelled K-L-I-C-K. Change that oil every 5,000 clicks. Yeah, they, they do that on spots for, um, you know, oil change joints here. Every 5,000 clicks. Jesus says, afternoon you were talking about ancient Roman, the smell. Forget it. The classical Romans bathed multiple times a day and wore mostly cotton clothing, which was washed on a regular basis. The public baths had running water and the wealthy had private baths. Wouldn't you be a little bit averse to going out and taking a public bath? Yeah. For truly smelly, think of middle-aged Europe, where people went years without bathing, if they ever bathed at all, and wore mostly clothes made from wool, rarely if ever washed. Oh, how pleasant. Smells like woodbine. And dumped human and animal waste, where, where they bo bother, oh, when they bothered into open sewers or simply on the street. They dumped human and animal waste when they bothered to dump it at all in open sewers or simply onto the street. Smells delish. Best car my old man had a Ford Galaxy 500, 1966. He finally got rid of it with over 300,000 miles. Ford Galaxy 500. Doesn't sound too appetizing to me. I don't know. No. I don't know from Fords, other than my T-Bird. Which, like I said, nice looking car, but uh, it's just, I don't know, handled badly. Barry McCockner says, what's this with the Red Bull Cola ads that are being played on the stream? Is this a rib, or is it actually endorsed by Red Bull? It says, question for Flea. Mm, it's a uh, parody commercial. They talk about adding just a bit of cocaine to the cola of the tuna cocaine by J.J. Kale, later covered by Eric Clapton. Just thought this was kind of strange. Yeah, it's a joke, Barry. It says, love you, Neil Flea. You're not so bad yourself. All right. You're winning him over, I'll tell you that. I hope that, what's his name, that uh, Schmendrick, um, Werner Klemper, I hope he's knocking on George's door right now with a big bag of money. Some of these people, they just never give up. They just don't want to give up. Come on, Neil, uh, dip into your bank account and give all your money to George. Don't you think that's a little bit uh, over the top? It's a little crazy. People trying to tell me uh, what I should do and how I should spend my money and yada, all this other crap. George will be fine. Don't seem to me, every time we hear from him, he seems to be doing okay. He'll come to he'll land on his feet. George from Montreal, age 53. What were the results of your demographic poll from last week? You have to hear the beginning of the show to hear the polls from last week, George. I'm not going to read them again. Sorry, George. Not a frog, George. Baron Fitz says, I'm a t-shirt printer. We'll do some Neil shirts for you, pro bono, if you want. Only if QAM has nothing to do with it, though. Okay. That sounds good. Sure. That would be something you could send out on uh, appearances, stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, maybe, um, let me go back to that one. Who was that guy? Baron Fitz?
I don't know who it was. I'll find it, and then I'll uh, send it to you. Okay. And then he can get in touch with you, and we can uh, do something on our own for the show. Steve says, why can't the Penguins get past the Red Wings? Uh, because the Red Wings are a better team. I read that Martin is now with Canadians from one losing franchise to another of the show. Too much hockey talk, Steve. Instant tune-out. Not compelling in the South Florida audience. Not compelling. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, we've got this fantasy, this phantom franchise. I, I don't understand how they stay in business. I mean, Bo Mister's gone. He's as good as gone, right? Yeah, I think so. They're not going to be able to uh, re-sign him. No. They're going to get nothing in exchange for him. Nope. Jack Martin uh, came to town, and I could have told you ahead of time he was going to be a failure. He was a failure in Ottawa with all the talent that they had. How is he going to go anywhere in uh, South Florida? That's who should be gone. What? He should be gone. Yes, he should. He should never have been brought in in the first place. Born loser. Probably worked cheap. And now he's going to Montreal where he'll feel at home with the other <laughs> frogs. Boy, you and your Canadians. Are you a Canadian fan by any chance? I asked that with great trepidation. No. Good, because you were talking about them the other day and how they haven't made the playoffs in, since Jesus was a baby. 93. Since Henri Richard was the pocket rocket. What? Since 93. Yeah. Because if you were a Canadians fan, you know, the Leafs and the Canadians have that long history. Original six hate each other like poison. Poison. Not that I hate the Canadians, but I do. Bob says, owned a 69 Ford Mustang for 15 years, and it's... In its sixth year, I was driving to the local beach in Rhode Island, enjoying a private moment with my girlfriend. When pushing back on the seat, the seat gave way. Before I knew it, I was driving the car in the back passenger compartment. <laughs> we laughed, pulled over, propped the back seat back up, and next week had the seat welded back. After I sold the car nine years later, I received a recall notice from Ford notifying owners of driver seat instability. I had a wonder in 15 years, all the other guys who ended up in back seats as uh, they tried to enjoy a happy ending with their girlfriends. How do you like that? Push it back, baby. Push it. <laughs> Somebody was pushing too hard by the seeds. You're pushing too hard. Yeah, let's dedicate that song to Jolly Joe Bell. You're pushing too hard. The Dow's up 218 points. Plane is still missing, by the way. The uh, Air France flight 447 from Rio to Paris. Still missing. And you know what? The, what's his name? Richard Quest said. What's that? It's out of the sky. It's out of the sky. Like him, out of the sky. He's another one came off the spaceship. Him and Lance Bass and a bunch of other really strange people. Michael Phelps, Tony Harris on CNN, all of these people. Uh, this is Scott Burrell. And when I'm up in Boca Tica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. <laughs> I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers fair and balance one to two hours. <laughs> that what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I be do. That's what he be do. He put the ball in the basket. That's what he do. He put the ball in the basket. That's what he do. He put the ball in the basket. That's what he be do. That what I do. Put the ball in the basket. That what I do. Put the ball in the basket. That what I do. Put the ball in the basket. That what I be do. That's what he does. He puts the ball in the basket. That's what he does. He puts the ball in the basket. That's what he does. He puts the ball in the basket. That's just what he does. That's what I do. Put the ball in the basket. That's what I do. Put the ball in the basket. That's what I do. Put the ball in the basket. That's what I be do. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that what he do. He put the ball in the basket. The situation is, put the ball in the basket. He uh, puts the ball in the basket for the organization. That's my take on uh, what he do. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I be do. That what he do here, put the ball in the basket. That what he do, he put the ball in the basket. And he gives 110% to put the ball in the basket. And that's what he be do. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. Okay, 1 o'clock at 560 WQAM. The Chronic and Coco, Russell, says, and this is a uh, kissing your tushy, as a matter of fact, because you're the one that put that Red Bull thing on there. Uh-huh. He says, Red Bull was pulled from the shelves and banned by the health authorities in Germany and France last week after tests of the energy beverage showed it contained traces of cocaine. Correct. QAM's Red Bull parody song appeared during show breaks online only a day or two later. Very topical and well done. Funny, too, says the Chronic and Coco. So there's a lick of your tushy. All right. Don't you feel like a moist spot back there? Mm, yeah, a little snail trail. Mm-hmm. Rick B says, my first and favorite car was my 1965 Chevy Impala Supersport. My brother bought it new and it was stolen after he had it only six months. It was recovered with minor body damages. I bought it from him in 1970 with about 70,000 miles on it for 500 bucks. I went to school at Miami Edison Senior High. I used to park it behind the school and went out to lunch one day and it was gone. The cops found it three days later on a dirt road in Homestead with all the wheels stripped off. I drove it for another year or so and sold it to a friend for 375 bucks. He had it maybe two months before driving drunk on Collins Avenue on 163rd and hit a tall concrete median. The car bumped up over the median, ripped the differential rear end right out of the back. The car was junked after that. Chevy Impala Supersport 65 started out as a pristine machine and ended up junk. Compressed junk. 371 votes on the poll. Not too shabby. Although certainly not the uh, 1,500 and some odd we had on our demographic poll on Friday and over the weekend. Aren't you impressed that we had 100 plus uh, more than we did when we did that six years ago? Very. Must be from all that tremendous promotion we're getting. Could be. What, which of these is the most compelling radio? Neil Randing and Raving, 309, 82.4%. Stormcat 12. Stormy got a big following, and that's because of me, not because of Joe. I made Stormcat a, a superstar, didn't I? You did. I'm the one that drew everybody's attention to Stormy. Dan Marino 10. Ira Windbag 10. NFL Draft 7. Drew Rosenhausstein, Kranzberg, Schwartz 7. Bino Cook 6. Mark the Jets fan 5. Richie from Boarshead 5. He put the boar in Boarshead. Fantasy Sports 2. And Jerk Jerk Street's only got a small pair, too. Hmm. Not too compelling, Jerk Jerk Street. And I'm sure one of those uh, two votes is from that groupie he's got out there, whoever that is, who's got the Jerk Jerk Street blow-up doll. Zach? Who? Zach Krantz? Zach has got a, is a Jerk Jerk Street groupie? I think so. Oh, you've got to be schmitting me. Are you kidding? Nope. Based on what? He likes him. <laughs> he likes him for what? What does he bring to the table? He finds him crisp and compelling. Oh, my. And compelling, no less. Oh, God. Poor Zach. Now, when Joe says we're going to the male Zach, is, is that a play on Zach? I believe it is. Oh, my God. That's, that's almost as bad as grassy as, as whatever that was. 
Wake up and good morning. Even the naked cowboy has rights. At least that's the pitch from New York where Times Square's naked cowboy street performer Ron Robert Burke has sued Clear Channel, claiming it's 93.3 FLZ radio station in Tampa infringed on his trademark image by creating and promoting an imposter. Keep in mind that Burke is a guitar player who performs wearing only a cowboy hat, boots, and white briefs. Gay. While Clear... What? Gay. While Clear Channel is the dominant player in the Tampa Bay radio market and runs more than 1,200 radio stations into the ground nationwide. And it's got a picture here. It says, as for this photo, it was taken in Tampa when Burke was down to entertain before a recent Super Bowl. Who, who wrote this? Somebody, I think, from the New York Post, evidently. I don't know. Since I've had the pleasure of witnessing Burke perform in Times Square, it was during the Republican National Convention in 2004, which I helped cover for the St. Pete Times. Burke was a regular, a standout, so to speak, in Times Square, which at the time was awash with street performers. He definitely had an audience. It's good old fun performance and usually ends up with lots of tourists, mostly women, getting their picture taken with him. The legal case is Robert Burke doing business as the Naked Cowboy versus Clear Channel Communications. Burke claims 93.3 FLZ created its own Naked Cowboy character who has appeared in videos and made promotional appearances. This photo, and it's got it here, shows the real Burke performing at the pier in wintertime in St. Petersburg, 2004. Does Beefcake Burke have a legitimate claim? It seems legit to me, though. Clear Channel is being mum on the matter, so we don't know where they stand on the matter. Clear Channel is based in San Antonio, Texas, owned by Bain Capital LLC and Thomas H. Lee Partners. Clear Channel lost nearly $88 million in the first quarter of this year, to which we say, All right. right. Didn't that make you happy? Very. Bay News 9 asked its audience, do you think the Naked Cowboy should be allowed to trademark his signature look? The response was split almost down the middle. It says, is there a lesson here? Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be naked cowboys unless they get a good lawyer. <laughs> oh, I see. This is Robert Trigo, St. Pete Times business columnist. A real writer. Now, what? A real writer. A real writer? St. Pete Times is a good paper. I know that. I'd say it's about the only good newspaper left in the state. Yeah, and FLZ, that's where your buddy works, Todd Schmidt. No, that's uh, Bubba's buddy. Yeah, MJ. I, I, I just don't get it. How, how can you be on in the same market using two different names on the same day? Can you explain that to me, how that works? No. I mean, is it supposed to, like, pull the wool over the audience's ears or what? Maybe. I, I just don't get it. Percy in Miami Lake says, Neil, how much BS are you going to put up with before you sh before you whack Norma Kent and get yourself a real agent? Drew Rosenhaus would have ripped Joe Bell and the Beasleys a new Joyce hole by now. If you don't, I see you working every day in the summer. Do it before it's too I'm not working every day in the summer. It's not going to happen. You see, the only way that could happen is if somebody physically dragged me out of my bedroom into the studio on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's not going to happen. Trust me when I tell you. What do you think about people who don't honor their contracts, who write a contract with you, and they say one thing and then they want you to do something else? Hmm. Dishonorable. Yeah, Dishonorable. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them. Oh, I don't trust them. I don't trust them as far as you could throw them. So I guess at 2 o'clock uh, you'll be listening on the listen line <laughs> if I get that phone call, which I'm, I'm tempted not to answer it. Would you answer it? No, I wouldn't answer it. Really? If you saw your BlackBerry ringing and you saw the number and you knew it was Jolly Joe, you wouldn't answer it. If I was you. 
And why do you say that? Because I have to answer it. You don't. I don't? No, there's nothing in my contract that says I have to um, communicate with him. And he can't, like, walk down the hallway and come talk to you either. No, he cannot. Here he can. Another good reason for me not to be there. Oh, I had a bad window of time there for a little bit. I guess I was on his speed dial, on Joe's speed dial. So, like, I was getting five to six to seven calls a day from him that were accidental, like it was in his pocket. Mm-hmm. But then you got to answer it every time when you see your boss calling, so you got to answer it. So finally, I was like, dude, can you just take me off your speed dial? You call me five to ten times a day. I, think yeah, I hate when it. I do that, when I accidentally call somebody. Yeah, butt call. Yeah. Or a shirt pocket call. That, too. These things, I mean, you put it in your shirt pocket, and then you, like, uh, readjust the BlackBerry or something, or, you know, squeeze your booby or whatever you do, and then all of a sudden, ah, you just called me. I didn't call anybody. Oh, sure you did. Chuck, who's 35, says, I love listening online since I moved to San Diego a few years ago. The radio out here blows. The big afternoon guy is some neocon ass clown named Roger Hedgecock. The rock station has a born-again Christian, recovering alcoholic. There's only one listenable morning show. This is Southern California, for Christ's sakes. WTF? Exclamation question mark. Anyway, Flea is so much more interesting than George. George was a snoozer. There, your other cheek just got licked. Thanks for still being the king. You are awesome. Neil God, says Chuck35. Thanks, Chuck. How do you like that? Flea, the Habs lost to the Bruins in four this year. They haven't won a cup since 93. Right. It is the Leafs who haven't won made the playoffs since Joe Bell arrived. That's right. Four years in a row. First time in franchise history. Leave the hockey talk to Neil. You are on a short leash, Flea. Stick to b-ball. Still miss George. Island Rob in Bug Tussle PEI. Oh, and PEI, but there are a lot of clicks to get to PEI. Wouldn't you think? Yep. Prince Edward Island. I've, I've mentioned this before. As you fly back from Europe in the wintertime mm-hmm. to, like, here to Toronto, and you fly over northern Canada, oh, my God, all you see is ice. There's only 30 million people in the whole country in Canada, and over 5 million live in the uh, GTA in Toronto. They all live in Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal, and a few in Whistler, B.C., and then that's it. The frozen tundra, my God, it's like a, a gigantic icicle. PEI, my ass. Now it's up 208 points. It's been doing well all day. Uh-oh, military recruiting center shooting. One soldier killed. Little Rock, Ar- Arkansas, excuse me. Uh, he has not been officially questioned just yet. We'll, uh, we'll hold him for a short time. Short time uh, in a cell, and then we'll uh, we'll begin questioning once our most of our investigators get back to our to our short time. He must know Phil Sims. He says time and line and stuff like that. Although this guy, it's for real. Little Rock, you know that drawl. When you hear a southern drawl, then, then I mean, you know, I don't want to say southerners are all stupid, even though most of them are. But doesn't that whole thing come to mind about um, dumb? Yes, drawl. I mean, people with New York accents, you hear that, and you don't think they're dumb. Or people with Boston accents, you don't think they're dumb. Or people with Midwestern accents who say, like, milk and Illinois and things like that, you don't think right away they're dumb. But you hear somebody with a southern drawl, y'all, and you think, uh, dumb. Come on in and lay down on my couch. Cause I'm feeling up my car cause I'm 
said, give me every cent you make. Before it starts, my vacation's all through. Cause there ain't no cure for the summer gas blue. Gas station man told me they declined your credit card now. I guess I can't be stripped, we'll be in the backyard now. You do what you gotta do when the price is out of reach. Fill up the kiddie pool and pretend you're at the beach. Take off your sandals and put on your walking shoes. Cause there ain't no cure for the summer gas blues. Yeah, I got the summer gas all right. I could let you hear what it sounds like, but better not. 117 at 560 WQAM. Mr. Highlight says, Flea's doing a great job. Please get him a 50% raise. <laughs> sure. Mario, 33-year-old Julio from Fort Lauderdale, been listening since 92, he says. Why don't you just have Norma try to get you more money for extra summer shows? Got to go. Have to take a choice. I think we've added that to the vocabulary of South Florida, right? I use it. Got to go, Joyce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Norma, I'm, I'm not doing extra summer shows for money or for not money. Just uh, ain't going to happen. This this could be one of the dumbest emails in history, but then there are so many. From Bambi. Please, I made a mistake on your poll. On Friday's poll, I made a mistake. I think I put male 50 years old. I'm not 50, I'm 32, says Bambi. Please, is there any way to let me vote again? Help me with that, please. <laughs> well, wait a minute. That's just the beginning. And I have an idea that can bring George back. My message to the listeners is to turn off the radio. This way, if the ratings are low without George, they'll be forced to bring him back. But that will only work if we're all in on it, and you back us up, too. Yeah. Shoot yourself in the uh, puppet, Neil, in order to get George to come back. George ain't coming back. Okay? I hate to break the news to you, Bambi, or whoever, whatever you are. He's not coming back. And by the way, George was here when we had that horrendous April. I just point that out. Not saying it's his fault, but I'm just just pointing that out. You can't get much lower than a oh point two. No. Carney says just wanted to make you and the listeners aware of something that happened to my wife and I last week. Someone smashed in the window on our truck while we were picking up our daughter at the daycare and took my wife's purse. The purse had no money and nothing we thought of it as a big loss. Her cell phone and cards and such. We called and canceled our credit cards and ATM card. We had to go get her a new social security card and license the next day and replace the window, $200, and thought we got out of the whole ordeal fairly unharmed. That night, the crooks called me on my cell phone to heckle us, called several times, laughing and just listening to me to tell them to uh, cut the crap and that I voted for Obama so they should be nicer to me. <laughs> You get them drift on that? Yeah. We called the police and told them to use the uh, GPS on the phone to track the criminals, but said there was nothing they could do without a subpoena. Thanks, coppers. A few days later, we noticed a deposit in our bank account. We thought it to be another error and waited for the bank to remove the deposit. What happened was the criminals had stolen another woman's purse with checks in it from another bank. They wrote my wife and our account a check for $2,800, went to the bank to deposit the check in our account, impersonated as my wife with her ID and social security card. They put the money in our account <laughs> and drew out $1,950 cash and walked right out. To all those listening, these crooks are working up and down A1A Federal Highway. They prey on moms at daycares and ladies pumping gas at gas stations. Nice. They're working from Aventura all the way up to Stewart. If they get you ID or checks, immediately cancel the accounts right away and uh, tell the bank. 
Keep your eyes peeled, guys, if they're doing this frequently. The cops have been of no help. As of yet, they have even gathered the video footage of the impersonator who went to the bank to rob us blind. Be careful and look out for one another, bitches. Love the show and thanks for the laughs, says Carney, who's chronic. But that was an interesting email. It was, that, to me, was compelling. Mm -hmm. They're not all compelling, but that, to me, was fairly compelling. Oh, Bob says, as a vegan, I'm pretty offended by your lack of understanding. What? You've got a fellow vegan out there. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not vegan. You're not? No, vegans don't eat dairy or... Are uh, you Martian? Eggs. Yeah, a little bit. 400 votes on the poll, by the way. Jerk Jerk Street's only got two. He's tied with Fantasy Sports for last place. Least compelling. You're not compelling, Jerk Jerk Street, no matter what Zach says. He's probably paying Zach off. I mean, Zach's not a stupid guy, you know? He should know from compelling. Anyway, Rob says, when Flea revealed to you that he was a vegan, which he, he's not, you were shocked and couldn't believe it. We could literally hear your brain going into overdrive, trying to compute what you just heard. Yeah, my brain is going into overdrive. <laughs> Can you hear it? Mm-hmm. Simply put, Flea is evolved. Why hurt animals when you don't have to? Flea is evolved. You should try it. <laughs> Evolution feels good. Try to change and don't be stubborn. Here's another person telling me what to do. It says, Flea is an evolved version of you. <laughs> Isn't that amusing? Yeah. A younger, hetero, uh, thinner version of me. Other than that, identical. Right. Try to change and don't be stubborn. Yeah, I'm going to be stubborn. I like my meat. I'm not going to uh, be a vegan. The whole vegetarian thing just leaves me limp. Leaves me high and dry. Mostly dry. I just don't see that many food choices. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just not that inventive. Oh, here we go. Just in, says Paul. We had this on two hours ago. Panther GM Jacques Martin, New Montreal coach, just in. Didn't we have it on two hours ago? Yeah. At, at the very least. In the first hour of the show, maybe three hours ago. Thanks anyway, Paul. Way, way behind the times. Anybody care that Jack Martin is gone? No. Well, maybe they can find another one of the Sutter brothers to bring in as coach. What do you think? Or, or maybe, um, what, what's his name? B.M. They can bring him back from Ottawa. B.M. We need the uh, Esposito brothers back. Never had them. No, I know. They were in Tampa. Tony was in Tampa, too? Mm, no, just the one brother, and then we had, uh, who was the coach? Uh, Chris? Chris Esposito? No, oh, Terry Crisp. Terry Crisp, yeah. Oh, Terry Crisp. Yeah, he's uh, illiterate. He's on. He's another uh, talking jock. He's on the Nashville games. He does the color commentary, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Terry Crisp with that curly red hair, you know? Yeah. Real goofball. Terrible on the ear. The jockocracy, man. Destroy it. Wipe it out. When in doubt, wipe it out. You know, it's really interesting since all the stuff that went on toward the ass end of last week, including those emails which you read, it's really interesting notice today. No, there's no fake Barry Jackass. There's no fake uh, Jimmy Syphilis. Hmm. Don't you find that rather bizarre? A little bit. I mean, those guys were really compelling. <laughs> Not. That thing about your favorite car, that, that went over like a pregnant pole vaulter on Rosh Hashanah. Wouldn't you have thought that we'd have gotten like dozens and dozens and hundreds of emails about that? Yeah, I think so. 
I mean, hasn't ever, I think it's fairly compelling. I've had a lot of cars in my lifetime over the last, uh, I've been driving since I was 15. So like 51 years I've been driving. In the last 22 years, Corvettes, always, always at least one, usually two, usually a pair. And people will say, well, why do you always have two Corvettes? Because I want to. I can afford it, and I want to. Oh, well, if you'd sell one Corvette, you'd give that money to George. Hmm, there you go. Yeah. Why don't I just sell all my earthly possessions? Why don't I start selling the equipment here in the studio and just send the money to George? And, and let me say it again. When we had that going-away party for George on a week ago Friday... How many people brought George cash or anything, you know, worthwhile? None. Zero. Zero. Oh, come on, Neil. You're making the big bucks. you got to take care of the whole world. You take care of Norma and take care of this one. Yeah. yeah. How about we take care of Joe Bell? The Dow's up 214 points. So your advice is don't answer the phone at 2 if he calls? No, nah, I don't answer. Okay. Uh, in fact, if he does call, I'm going to send him a, a text message say, a Fleet told me not to talk to you. Oh, Neil! Neil Rogers. Ah. Three thirty in the morning, and you hear his cell phone beep. Why the hell's he got his phone on when he should be fast asleep? You get up and check the message. And it says thanks for the sex You just caught your hubby cheating Through a goofy high school text And the screaming stars And the screaming stars Her screen name's Pookie Panda And your man keeps her warm Texting about their last date when he visited her dorm. She thanks him for the sweater, the gift card, and iPod. Says she can't wait to see him and feel his sexy bod. And the screaming starts. And the screaming starts. The screaming starts. But to them it's nothing new Cause they've got rotten husbands Who cheated on them too Here comes another message Read it if you dare A Pookie Panda says she's Not wearing underwear And the screaming starts And the screaming starts the screaming starts, the screaming starts, and a lamp gets thrown. You hit him in the head with his own cell phone, and then you kick him. 
Holding is in between. Oh, boy. 133 at 560 WQAM. Well, that was QE. It was compelling, too, I think. Yeah. Not real super compelling, but it was compelling enough to me to read two emails I just got on my Crackberry during the break. Well, bad news. No hope for Air France jet fare ring 228 across the Atlantic. Hmm. CBS Radio News reporter Elaine Kobe in Paris said the airline indicated soon after the news that the plane was missing there was no hope of a positive outcome. No hope. As Richard Quest would say, it's not in the sky anymore. He ought to be in the sky. They should have attached him to the wing. Aviation experts said it was clear the plane was not in the air any longer due to the amount of fuel it would have been carrying. It's nearly three hours overdue. There's been no receipt of a Mayday call. The conclusion to be drawn is that something catastrophic happened on board that caused this airplane to ditch in a controlled or uncontrolled fashion, Jane's aviation analyst Chris Yates told the AP. The airline has offered its condolences to the families of the passengers, making it clear it doesn't expect to find any survivors. Once the airline says, oh, we're awfully sorry, that's not usually a pretty good sign. Right? Yeah. At least 60 of those on board were French, roughly 60 were Brazilians, and two were Slovaks. Air France said the Airbus flew into stormy weather four hours after takeoff from Brazil, and soon afterwards sent an automatic message reporting electrical faults. A company spokesman said several of the plane's mechanisms had malfunctioned. It's probably a combination of circumstances that could have led to the crash, he said, adding the airliner might have been hit by lightning. I thought that the planes had lightning um, things, rods. You would think. Don't they? To deflect the lightning hits? Wouldn't, Wouldn't you think so? I always thought so. Right. Now, next time I fly, if it's like in the middle of a summer storm or something, I'm going to think, oh, boy. Because ordinarily, uh, when I fly, I don't pay any attention. I've done so much flying over the years, it's just, you know, you just relax. Aviation experts said lightning strikes on planes were common and were not enough alone to explain the disaster. The Brazilian Air Force said the plane was far out over the sea when it went missing. Military planes took off from the island of Fernando de Naronja off Brazil's northeast coast to look for it, and the Brazilian Navy sent three ships to help the search. On its flight northeast from Rio, the jetliner would have had to pass through a notorious storm patch shifting around the equator known as the Intertropical Convergence Zone. There's a good lesson for all you people out there. If you're going to be doing any flying any time in your lifetime, be sure and check the um, route (laughs) and make sure that your flight isn't going to be passing through the Intertropical Convergence Zone. It's a zone in the tropics where you can have especially deep thunderclouds, said Barry Gromet, a meteorologist at the London Weather Center. The carrier said 216 passengers were on board, including seven children and one baby, as well as 12 crew members. The passenger list was not released, but French tire company Michelin said the head of its L.A. operations, Luis Roberto Anastasio, had been on the flight. Senior French government Jean-Louis Bourlou ruled out the possibility of a hijacking. It's an awful tragedy, he told France uh, Info Radio. If no survivors are found, it will be the worst loss of life involving an Air France plane in the company's 75-year history. They should have flown Qantas. Isn't it Qantas that's never had a crash? I think so. See, I was thinking about that during the break. Would you rather fly an airline that's, you know, maybe had a crash or two during its history or fly one that's never had a crash thinking, you know, the odds now are building against them. You know, sooner or later, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, they're due. the worst. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Koala bear. Isn't that what you think of when you think of Kiwanis as a koala bear? Yeah. You're just saying that. 
It's New Zealand, right? Airlines? Or is it Australian? Australia, I believe. Q-A-N-T-A-S. Google it. You're the Google man. Never flown Qantas, and that's because I've never gone. I have no desire to go to Australia or New Zealand. What am I going to find there? So far away. Oh, Tim says, are you in the Radio Hall of Fame? If not, I can see why. I know Flea is new to the game, but I think he's already surpassed you in every way. Thanks a lot, Tim. You've surpassed me in every way, even though you're new to the game. And I'm not in, I'm in the Radio Hall of Shame. How do you like that for a shot? Hmm. Yeah, and Qantas is Australian. I told you. See, I, th I think that uh, Tim email, I think that was from your buddy Joe. I think he's got his sights set on you doing the show. Me out, you in. Yeah, but that wouldn't explain why he would want you to work during the summer then. He doesn't really want me to work during the summer. That, that's just another stuch, just another um, agitating force. Don't you understand? I do now. You understand. Just another let's piss him off and get him to walk kind of thing. Oh, no, I want you on the air, Neil. I want you on the air. Well, you read all the emails. You believe any of his bull crap? No. So, in other words, you're telling me don't answer the phone if Jolly Joe calls. Right. One forty three seventeen oh two. I haven't played that in a long time. In fact, it's so short we can play it again. One forty three. So I guess I've only bought two Pontiacs in my lifetime. I bought a Grand Prix uh, many many moons ago. I was working at W Snooze, so it's got to be like in the uh, early eighties. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, Solstice for Paco. Grand Prix was a good car. And then somebody smashed the window on that. Uh oh. Oh, yeah. Gus is, I guess Gus wants a date with you, Flea. He says, how old is he? <laughs> well, what, what difference does it make how old he is? Right, and I don't date guys, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. He ain't interested, Gus, okay? Find yourself another boyfriend. How old is he? How big is it? Gus. Yeah. Drama picture. Oh, Gus. Boz says, well, thank God Boz is into other stuff besides the obituaries because I'm not doing those anymore. Unless it's somebody really, really, really super famous, you know? By the way, uh, what's his name? Leno's off of the uh, late night show and he's on another time. Oh, boy. Who cares? Right. And, and Conan O'Brien. Oh, my God. Are these people kidding us or what? I, I don't stay up and watch those late shows anyway, so it's of no interest to me. Neil, that story of the purse is true, says Boz. The gangs in South Florida have their initiations doing that. They've caught numerous South Florida gang members in Tampa doing those things. They hit publics and daycares. I guess they target women and the fact that they're running in and out for just a few minutes. Tampa. A lot of crap going down in Tampa. I thought Tampa was a bunch of Midwestern, very uh, placid, low-key, you know, y'all come back uh, kind of folks. Yeah, I don't remember any Tampa gangs, but I guess they exist. Well, you, how long have you been gone from there? Like 10 years. 10 years, so you better go back and check it all out. Although we know that, what's his name, what, what you call it still there? Burns Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. On Howard Street. Nice neighborhood. And the El Cap, which is in St. Pete. The best burger the place what? ever. It's called the El Cap. It's on uh, 9th Street in St. Pete. Maybe on 4th Street. But uh, the best burgers. Best burgers you'll ever have. Really? Family owned place since like 1965. And what about Donatello's on Dale Mabry? That's a great place, too. They sure loved me, I'll tell you that. Boy, do they love me. 
We had some good free meals there at Donatello's. Robert says, do you remember the Plymouth Roadrunner Superbird? I sure don't. Do you? Do which one? The Plymouth Roadrunner Superbird. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do remember that because my sister's boyfriend, when I was growing up, had one. See, you're way ahead of me, like that uh, Tim said. As a kid, I always thought it was the coolest car ever and couldn't wait till I was old enough to get one. Unfortunately, they only made them for one year, 1970. And it's got a picture, which I didn't, uh, I, I skated on by. I believe it looked a lot like the GTOs. Really? The yeah. Little GTO. Ronnie and the Daytonas. You could play it if you had the music in there. But now, now let me ask you something, seriously. Okay. Is there going to be a point, and I'm not, I'm not joking when I say this, is there going to be a point at which we're going to actually have our studio ready and the phone's working? Because I just checked the uh, phone monitor again, and there's no dots. There's well, nothing going on there. I, spot, I just uh, spoke to George Cordes not too long ago. You he spotted said, George Cordes. I spot him, and then I spoke to him. <laughs> and uh, he said that your phone system should be up and running within a day or two. The guy that was uh, responsible for fixing it just got back from vacation, so it should be taken care of. They're going to take down the firewall? Yeah. Or poke a hole in it, how, you know, however they yeah, do it. Yeah, poke a hole in it, Pocahontas. Right. And, and then the studio. With the studio? Studio, I'm still hearing, end of the week. So we'll see. End of, end of what week and what month and what year? Oh, yeah, I didn't say that. The end of the week. Yeah. I don't know what you're so concerned about that for, Neil. Oh, my anal chapstick says, uh, chapstick says oh, boy, you think I'm going to read this? He's got the most gross email. Intertropical Convergence Zone. Scott says, definition, the area between Jubel's rectum and Joyce's head. <laughs> I like that. That was compelling. That was compelling. Steve says, the best car I ever had was a big old mobile. Big old mobile. It kept going on and on until I ran into the, wall of, uh, into the wall of football. Yeah, watch out. Don't run into the wall of football. JCP says, my best car was a 66 Ford Mustang, 289, a coupe five-speed, not a fastback like fleas. It had 200 miles on it when I bought it for 1800 bucks. Talk about fast. It was a little hard to handle because it had no power steering. No power steering? No. It had over 150,000 miles on it when I sold it for 300 bucks. The inside looked brand new. The paint and uh, tranny were bad. It had no rust, but the floorboards were rotting out for some reason, and my wife was blowing up clutches left and right. I sold it to my neighbor who was a teacher at some tech, high, uh, some tech school in Margate. He said it would be a good car for his students to work on. As he drove away, I was thinking maybe I should have kept it since I did have a two-car garage. He came over a couple of weeks later with a smile on his face, congratulated me. I asked for what? He said my Mustang had won first place in its class at some drag race track in Hollywood. As he walked away laughing, I was thinking what a moron I was. I should have kept it. Now... Mustang. That, that 289 was a good engine, though, even was though it was it? small. Yeah, it was a great engine. See, you're way ahead of me. A little bit. That's what Tim says. Tim is uh, Joe Bell. <laughs> uh, who is this? Oh, Bambi. Dude, dude, I'm just trying to help you out of the pool. I'm 32-year coveted age group. Like many of the fans are trying to help you not get fired. My solution to bring George back is a good one. But you laugh at it. only shows you don't want him back and probably help to get him fired. Right. It's all conspiracy, man. Yeah, that's right. I help to get him fired and don't want him back. Right. Whatever you say. Crazy people. <laughs> Crazy. I guess across the street they've dropped the uh, fake this one and fake that one today, and they're just uh, doing Bambi and whatever else. Bambi and Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> Let's check that compelling poll today. 
428 votes, not bad. Which of these is the most compelling radio? Neil Randing and Raving, 354, 82.7%. Compelling. Stormcat, 14. Let me tell you, when Stormcat gets 14 and Jerk Jerk Street's in last place with only two, what does that tell you about Jerk? They hate him like poison. Stormcat, 14. Dan Marino, 11. Ira Windbag, 11. NFL Draft, 9. Drew Rosenhaus, 7. How you doing with the ladies, Drew? Do you care about how Drew is doing with the ladies? No, not at all. Do you think anybody in the world cares beside Drew no. and Joe? No. Bino Cook, 6. Mark the Jets fan, 5. Richie from Boarshead, 5. I think it's more than just coincidence that they are each have five votes. Joined at the hip. Fantasy Sports, 4. And Jerk Jerk Street pulling up the rear. Two votes out of 420 votes. Only two for Jerk Jerk Street. Not too good, Jerkmeister. Anyway, getting back to the dead abortion doctor, which we never really got to anyway because everybody has seen the story. The 51-year-old man authorities are holding today as a suspect in the assassination of prominent abortion doctor George Tiller has long discussed violence against abortion providers and belonged to right-wing militia groups, according to reports and acquaintances. Right-wing militia groups. In other words, crazy people. Authorities arrested Scott Roeder in a Kansas City suburb Sunday, hours after Dr. Tiller was gunned down in the foyer of a church in Wichita. Tiller had survived a previous shooting and the bombing of his clinic, and someone with the name of Scott Roeder had posted an anti-abortion rights website urging people to target the physician's church. I know that he believed in a justifiable homicide. Anti-abortion activist Regina Dinwiddle told the Kansas City Star, Dinwiddle. I know he very strongly believed that abortion was murder, and you ought to defend the little ones. <laughs> the fetus huggers defend the little ones. Now, there's another good reason to watch that movie, The Neighbor, with Rod Steiger. Not, and nobody has seen it, and nobody also saw um, Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. Not one. Strange. I put The Neighbor in my uh, thing in Netflix, so I'll have it in a couple of days. Yeah, right. You'll, you'll like it. Trust me when I tell you it's good. Rotor reportedly made a jailhouse visit to the activist who shot Tiller in 1993. Kansas City area militia members said he was a member of their anti-government group, and a man by his name was stopped by authorities in 96 for driving with an improper license plate that read Sovereign Private Property. Authorities found explosives in his car, and he was convicted on explosive charges, although an appeals court found the search of his car was improper, overturned the conviction. That's back in 96. In Wichita, bouquets of flowers lined the wooden fence outside Tiller's Clinic, an inconspicuous low-slung building along the frontage road of a state highway. That's normally the target of daily picketing by anti-abortion protesters, the fetus huggers. Once you're alive, they don't give a flying crap about you, but when you're in the womb, man, they want into that womb. 428 votes on the poll, and if the phone rings at 2 o'clock and I see it's uh, Joe's number, you're telling me don't answer it? Right. Now, you're, you're willing to bear the responsibility for that if he gets all bent out of shape? Not that I really care, but... Sure. Flea told me, don't talk to you, okay? He said, don't answer, don't talk to you, and watch my back. Watch my big fat ass. Oh, Neil! Local talk. Expert analysis. Is with my gayness. What's that? Technical problem. Oh, boy. We started with one and we ended with one. At least we're consistent and compelling. Oh, 
Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rambo 4 and 5. Absolutely. Uh, how are you? John Rambo still alive. I want to make movies four and five. My life ain't going great. Planet Hollywood's broke. Unfortunately, I speak like I had a stroke. First blood came in 82. That's when I heard my penis and it never ever grew. Rambo 2 was in 85 late. Uh, Rambo 3 was in 88. Shooting and looting and tooting my gun. I did not make this movie with my son. Uh, his name is Sage. He was in Rocky Five and Daylight, the tunnel movie. A little bit of cash is what I need. I gotta get a loan from Apollo Creed. I gotta have another hit movie or a Broadway show like Dinner Heat. I guess nobody ever saw Copland. It was stupid. I guess I understand. My whole life is about to cave in. All I got left is Jennifer Flavin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I need to make Rambo 4 and 5. <laughs> Check it out. So call me up. I really need a script. I can do dialogue or keep it zipped. I like comedy, action, adventure, and drama. The only thing I will not do is have sex with a llama. So give me a break, for goodness sake. I used to be on Oprah. Now I can't get on Ricky Lake. Right now I got a one-man show in Poughkeepsie. Basically, I'm an unemployed gypsy. A little bit of cash is what I need. I gotta get a loan from Apollo Creed. I gotta have another hit movie. Or a Broadway show like Heat. I guess nobody ever saw Copland. <laughs> it was stupid, so I understand. My whole life's about to cave in. All I got left is Jennifer Flavin. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I need to make Rambo foreign. Uh, how are you? Absolutely. Bye, bye, bye.